Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Wrestle Kingdom recap, your World's End recap. Samoa Joe is your new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Dolph Ziggler is back, and so is Jinder Mahal. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band for Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Nick Crystal Nemeth. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? If you want to be with me, baby, there's a price to pay. I'm a beefer in a bottle. You got to rub me the right way. And on that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest uh, latest edition from the Band of Green Fly Podcast, Volume 341, Chapter 3. Verse 14, and the good smart says, hashtag move the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity and BFR. Loaded fucking show, baby. Let's just dive into it. Talk to my man out west. Out there in Portland, Oregon, we have none other than Three Beers, Zach Coleman. What's going on, Three Beers, Zach? Beautiful Western House. Oh, man. uh, Happy to be here. Been sick all week, but uh, feeling good now. Uh, Very very busy week in wrestling uh thankful for the downtime of being sick to allow me to catch up yeah i mean that's a that's a blessing in the skies there was for a, this episode a yes. lot going on <laughs> and sitting directly to my right one of my best friends from high school and beyond what up turd what's going on bo oh man i love it hey check it out there's this blind guy right this blind guy. Right. He'd go for a walk every morning. He had this big stick. Right. He'd feel it around. Mm-hmm. One day he walked by this fish market. Okay. And he paused in front of it and he said, Woo! <laughs> Good morning, Kayfabe. <laughs> we are coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. It is cold out here. Uh, but your boy uh, took preparation a little more seriously than I did last week. Last week, uh, Jason wasn't here, but like, me and Bo were pacing around here. It was fucking cold. Out. No, it was but cold last week. I, I, think, I was felt bad for y'all motherfuckers. I think tonight we're going to be okay, which we better be because it's time to settle in because there is a lot to get to tonight. We got two pay-per-views and the return of The Rock teasing the match at WrestleMania. Well, you know, you know what? You know what? We'll get to it. Without further ado, let's get to that three count. The Rock's Rock? JCB, kick it off. There you go. I don't even know where I want to go. <laughs> I've been sitting over here like debating for like five minutes. Like, keep talking. Filibust this shit. Let's just do like we normally do. We're just going to go chronologically. Let's go to World's End on Saturday night in Strong mm. Island, New York City. Um, big pay-per-view. Um I don't even know where to fucking start. I would start at the start at the end because that's the that's the big news. Okay, so yeah, because we don't have to spend too much time on Hook. True story. Because there's nothing to really talk about there. Um, obviously the main events being MJF versus Samoa Joe for the AEW World Championship. Samoa Joe wins by referee stoppage. Uh, MJF cannot continue the match as he's go to he goes to sleep to the Coquina Clutch. 
Then after the match, the big devil reveal with Adam Cole, Bebe being the devil and his associates, the kingdom in Roddy Strong, uh, Matt Taven, and Jesus Christ, can't even think Wardlow. of his name. Ward, no, uh, the, the tag team partner of uh, Matt Taven. Uh, Bennett. Yes, Mike Bennett and Wargo being the strong heavy guy of this five-man team now known as the Undisputed Kingdom. We'll talk about that here in a little bit in just a second. Nonetheless, um, that was the reveal to end the pay-per-view. So let's just unpack it. It wasn't like we didn't think it was going to ultimately be Adam Cole, baby. A lot of different multiple suspects were thrown out there, but ultimately – the guests that we all kind of came up with at multiple points did come out to pass. The, I guess the reveal for me wasn't exactly like, oh shit, you know, high drama, but it just, it so happened that now we actually know who's who, what's what. You can go back and like connect the dots or whatever the case may be to kind of fast forward up to this point. Um, I thought MJF was very genuine in his hurts, his shock, uh, even though as the the fan, the viewing audience, we all kind of knew this was. MJF went into it really well. You know, don't hit him, hit me instead. So you kind of had empathy for MJF on the way out. Obviously, he's going to have to go away for a little bit to get healthy and get right. That, that and the fact of this, ending of the main event itself was, I guess, a, a hopeful hints that there will be a payoff somewhere down the line that MJF is going to come back to AEW and re-sign if he hasn't already done so. Um, the match I thought itself I thought was good. Um, I just don't think that Joe and MJF can have a match, but to me the, the whole thing was post-match, who's who, what's what, how we're going to go marching forward through this. So I think the the match was it was good. It was one that the last three matches of the show I thought were really the the, the meat and bones of this whole show. Um, I just thought the the post match overshadowed what happened in the match. Zach, what did you think? Um, I was totally fine with the reveal. It makes sense that it's Adam Cole. Um, I was fine with the match. I thought. The match was uh, very fun, <clears throat> pay-per-view, main event worthy, and uh, MJF's entrance was an all-timer. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, just, especially the girl that, t- that talked about uh, fucking in the back of the car. And, uh, it was just uh, all, all really good stuff. But, um, yeah, so the article that MJF wrote in the Players' Tribune before they came out, I guess, the, like day of or like um, on that Wednesday or um, it was before the, it was before the uh, the pay per view. So like the, it was Saturday. So like Wednesday or Thursday. I don't the even, days are all fucked up because it was the, New Year. Yeah, I was so. going to say it was like Wednesday. It was at, it was before the pay per view because yeah. I remember reading it and then on our thread. Zach was like, you know, this might be a precursor for him to drop the title. I was like, uh, yeah. I tell yeah, you what, I might have I mean, changed my pick if I would have read the that article. article first. Yeah, for yeah. sure. If I would have read the article, I absolutely would have because uh, I thought it was extremely well written. It was super intriguing, and it was 
interesting because it seemed like it was almost uh, him uh, sincerely asking people to buy the pay-per-view to watch him drop the title uh, in his hometown. And um, it was uh, it was very interesting. But, uh, yeah, match was good. Reveal was good. Uh, it is interesting, like, when you talk about motivations, like, as far as logic, you know, it's like they do the reveal now after MJF, like, lost the title of his own volition. Like, you know, it's like Samoa Joe went over strong, choked him out. Joe's been a monster. Um, like, he, they really built him up for this title. He's awesome. We all know he's awesome. But, like, he had that mega run as TV champion. He laid the belt down. And he's just been running over people. The only loss that he's had is against MJF um, in a title match. And he's just been crushing. So, um, really enjoyed the build. Uh, I think it's super cool to have, I don't think Joe's going to have a crazy long reign, but like to have like an interim champion, not interim, what do you call him? Um, like a transitional champion is dope. And Samoa Joe gets his flowers because he is excellent. He's definitely top guy material. Um, but yeah, for them to do the reveal, he lost it, like him to lose it. Um, there was a bunch of stuff in the middle um, that, uh, that happened that, you know, may or may not make sense. I'm not going to be too critical of it because of the Adam Cole injury. I'm sure it would all come together a lot better if not for that. Um, and then Jason mentioned the angle kind of outshining the title change, uh, which, you know, Joe just kind of walked off and then they did that angle. But it's funny because MJF in that article talked about how anything big happens in his career, there's always something that overshadows it. And there was definitely some news that overshadowed the entire pay-per-view. Uh, this week, so, yeah, um, part of me, that. sorry, uh, part of me wonders if Tony Khan wasn't like, didn't ask MJF to write that because Tony Khan might have seen some of this stuff coming and said, MJF's our biggest homemade star. Um, it, he probably didn't know if or how big that Jericho news was going to be. And it was kind of like, hey, how about some good press before some bad press. I don't know, like a, like a PR move or something either way. Um, unfortunately I, the only, the only, I watched up until the Christian Christian and edge match, uh, that night. And then my pirated feed kind of petered out. So I had to wait till the next day and the ending, the, the, the finish of this match, or at least the result of this match, uh, got spoiled for me it's just I, I wasn't on my wrestling twitter i was on my regular twitter and it just came across somebody Son said bitch. something i know so um so that kind of took away from the enjoyment of the match but i thought that the match was really good they told the story i mean mjf is worn down i mean that's what he's saying and he's been taking people have been coming at him for the last couple months pretty hard and that was a big point of praise that i had for AEW. it's like you know you got a champion make the champion the star and have a badass tournament while you're doing that. That's good television as far as I'm concerned. I was completely fine with the reveal also. I have a lot of respect for AEW sticking with Adam Cole because obviously that was a plan from the beginning. They could have called an audible because of the injury, and I think it would have been understandable. However, the thing that we were worried about the whole time with the devil story was that it was going to be a letdown. You know, Jungle Boy was talked about. Uh, other people were talked about that weren't as exciting. Adam Cole, it's an Occam's Razor situation. Adam Cole was who it should have been. And for my money, uh, the history of this devil angle will be, it went on a little too long, but at least they didn't shit the bed when they ended it. So I'm completely cool with it. What kind of gets lost in that ending, and Zach touched on it, 
is how fucking cool it is that Samoa Joe is our heavyweight champion. I mean, that is a guy that everybody roots for, that everybody likes, who is a top-of-the-card type dude, who is a believable, legitimate champion in a uh, in a kayfabe sport. So um, I thought I I'm, couldn't have asked for anything more. If MGF is even close to as hurt as he said he was in that article, then fucking he put on a hell of a performance in that match because Joe beat the shit out of him. And he managed to F5 Joe, which was fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm I'm cool with Adam Cole. I, I I like the reveal too. You know, the lights going out is almost like a fucking meme now. AEW has the lights go out all the time. But if you're going to have a wrestler be sitting there on the chair with all smug and looking uh, dastardly, Adam Cole, baby, is your guy to do it. He looked pretty. When the lights came on, I was like, ah, fuck yeah. Okay, that's Son all right. A, yeah, that that's was, all right. It was pretty dope. Like, they went from, like, about to hit him with the chair to him sitting on the chair, and his hair is all slicked back. And, yeah, like, just the demeanor. Like, he's got that look on his face, like, no, hit me. And he's, like, so concerned because he's a really good baby face. Lights go out. Which is very ECW and Tony's big ECW mark, so like he does the lights go out thing a little bit too much. But um, yeah, like he uh, comes on and then he's just like this evil, uh, like ringleader, like cult leader, and just the demeanor change. I was like, oh, this fucking. Yeah, you can talk about the believability of why would he even have to pretend that he's about to get hit, but the reason that he should pretend that he's about to get hit is because it's a fucking television show and because it's cooler. Speaking. It's also incredibly manipulative. Facts. That too, more, oh, more so that than anything. That, the you know, gaslighter, Adam Cole. Yeah, right. I was gonna say, let's watch this yeah. motherfucker uh, start tripping. Um, I'll, oh man, the gaslighter would be a good nickname for a wrestler. Jesus, yeah. you, you and my fucking ex wife. Somebody tra- trademark that, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody trademark that shit. Enough of that shit. <laughs> my current one. They all learned a new word. <laughs> Fuck them all. I want to jump sure on this Samoa Joe. Uh, this has been Divorce Guy Corner. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I want to jump on Samoa I'm not even Joe drinking for a little either. bit. Uh, I love the fact that he's now the champ. Uh, the fact that he's going to be the champ for the while, especially, at least in my head, with the past AEW champions minus CM Punk, who obviously got hurt. Um, whoever's the champ stays the champ for a while. Now, how we, he plays this thing out, who's his first opponent, time will tell. Uh, you might have it in Hangman Page. Uh, you might have it in a couple other different venues. Swerve is throwing his name out there, whatever the case may be. But whoever it is is going to have to put in some work because Samoa Joe is not going to be easy to take the title off of. So in that scenario, I echo everything that Bill just said, that it's it's a very, very believable heavyweight champion and is going to take someone of – um, about, yeah, Moxie, for lack of a better term, John Moxley, Samoa Joe sounds fucking amazing. So, yeah, in that scenario, it would be, it's going to be very, very interesting to see who takes the title off of Joe and when they do it. They should have, like, a tournament AEW with, like, six guys in each division and have, like, a round robin to see who the number one contender is going to be. And have, like, two different divisions where yeah. they, like, keep points. You could cut, like, they could be, like, different colors. Yeah, and, like, nobody's a baby red, face red or a heel. Red and white is good, yeah. Like, the red division and the white division. Yeah, and you could, like, everybody just does whatever they want. It'd be great. You motherfuckers here, boy. <laughs> when, I, when I drive. <laughs> when I drive. <laughs> but, yeah, to me. Congratulations. 
the AEW heavyweight champion and WWE commentator Samoa Joe. That's right. <laughs> you just had to you just had to remind motherfuckers about that. My man sitting at WrestleMania with a poncho. I'm just like, dude, this don't seem right, man. I mean, he, and he did a really good job commentating. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he it was, was awesome. just like. This just doesn't feel right. He was awesome. He should be over there versus over here. So another classic Vince fumble, but God bless him. It's not like everybody's going to be perfect. Yeah, especially fair, especially Vince. He's got a, Vince has a squeaky clean record. Yeah, you know? right. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> you know? He messed up this one thing. <laughs> hey, hey, Bill. They can't, they can't all be first round draft picks. <laughs> no, they can't. Man. No doubt, nigga. That's some funny fucking shit. Um, let's just go backwards then, I guess. Um, the semi uh, main event, you had Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley for the Continental Classic final. Um, Moxley and Eddie, I thought just coming into this match, I was thinking to myself that they did have an angle a few months back with Renee in the middle where they were supposed to fix it. What was they were supposed And I'm always like, okay, so when was this going to come back? I was like, maybe it's going to come back here. It's a perfect time. You know, what were they going to fix? You know, they're supposed to be fixing some shit. You know, Eddie's like, you know, I'm going to fix it, sis, blah, blah, blah. None of that shit came up, and it ultimately didn't matter. I thought this was arguably one of the best matches of the night, and it helped save the, in my opinion, the pay-per-view in general. The back half of this show I thought was the, the part we wanted to watch. Everything else beforehand, you could just throw that on Collision or Dynamite. Doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. Eddie Kingston winning I thought was a perfect way to end the Continental Classic, even though I didn't think he was going to even get to this point. Once he made it to the semifinals, I was just kind of like, okay, this is going to start to make some sense, especially when it's in Long Island. I don't even know what the fuck I was thinking. Um, The fact that he and Moxley just stood toe-to-toe with each other, I thought that was an amazing moment where they're just trading shots, and it looked like Eddie was getting the better of Moxley, but then when you go to the ground, Moxley has that advantage. So it was a definite back and forth where you just Brian wasn't Danielson, sure. Speaking of good on commentary, Brian Danielson was tremendous on commentary in this he, match. He did the Cruiserweight Classic, the, the very first one. So, I mean, yeah, I don't he know really why. really helped tell the story. Yeah, I don't know why that would be a surprise to anyone. I'm not saying that you were surprised, but it's just been a while since he's done it, and you know he can do it. He's just a very good performer. Pro wrestler, yep. professional wrestler. Better choice of words. Carney. Um, <laughs> Zach, what'd you think of it? Uh, awesome match. Uh, best, like, technical match on the card for sure. Uh, even though there was a lot of, like, hard hitting, uh, this was just uh, absolutely fantastic. And I think the chemistry between those guys is palpable. Um, I don't, Mox doesn't lay down for a lot of guys, and I think it probably meant a lot to both of them that he did that for Eddie. Uh, and I just thought it was a perfect ending to a great tournament. And, um, you know, Eddie Kingston, is we, we make fun of him a lot, um, but he's a total everyman. Uh, you know, like, he, you can really uh, – he's very easy to root for, and um, this was very cool. Um, so I was, I was very pleased with that. And the belt looks nice. I, I know it's a, just another one, but it's a cool-looking belt. The match was as good as I thought it would be. What I really appreciated about the match was – the finish, because you don't see it that often, and it didn't do the thing where we weren't kicking out of finishers. Um, you know, Eddie caught him, and Moxley collapsed like a ton of bricks, and uh, that was it. And that is not a finish that you see very often. 
And I and I, this was not spoiled for me, even though I watched it the next day, and I was really happy with this. Thursday, spinning back fist, I think that should be, you know, enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. considering everything that led up to it, I don't think that was a, a bad way to end it. I thought this was just um, the Continental Classic I thought was a, a very good idea, even though it's not an original idea. The execution of it was well, you did have guys that stood out. Andrade, who's probably seeming like he's not going to be around anymore, he stood out. You made Brody King look like a superstar. You you just, you know, made Swerve just feel like next level at this point. His, his AEW match with uh, Dave Garcia on Wednesday night was just like, I mean, this we're looking at a a superstar in the in the making right now. We're watching it unfold, and that came from the Continental Classic. So, you got to give credit on that aspect. Eddie Kingston winning it, I'm good with that. Um, I'm just, it feels like the only the only thing I'm going to say that I have a problem with it is now looking forward. It feels like we're going to have Eddie defending three separate titles, and it for me, and I'll just speak for myself. I that wasn't what I was expecting. That's in my what they're head. doing. No, he's just carrying three belts because that's what the Triple Crown is. This is there's all one. Okay, so I he's guess not, he's not defending one and leaving other two out. Is okay, he? so not at all. Okay, no. so AJ, old, old old Japan was always three belts. Oh shit! I, are you done, motherfucker? Or did, you, did you just cut off? <laughs> I guess I just got out. No, okay. I, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, just, he, he just completely like, dropped off. <laughs> I was like, sitting there waiting. I'm like, I'm looking at Bill. Bill's looking at me. Like, we're all looking at each other. Like, we're all looking at each other like dogs that haven't been adopted yet. Nigga, do you so see your funny. boy left like today? Checking the settings. I was like checking the settings on my phone. I was like pressing buttons. I'm like, can I drop audio? <laughs> you know, that's usually the part where I'm supposed to save it, you know, like as the host and as the quarterback or anything. But right there, I just wanted to see how long it lasted. <laughs> where nobody said anything. Now, I'm going to say something. That's right, by far the longest amount of dead air we've ever had on this fucking podcast. That's, that's for great. Sure. So what were you saying about All Japan? You, you, could, you, yeah, could you were saying All Japan was always three belts. Yeah, that's it. I, I, yeah, I wasn't going to expound, but yeah, whenever – the All Japan Triple Crown, it was, I forget all of the different belts that they, um, you know, connected into the Triple Crown, but it was three titles, three belts that were then made into the Triple Crown, but the, the champion always carried three. Um, so, uh, there is just an homage. Yeah. Uh, Jason. Uh, working backwards, Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland in a no DQ match for the TNT title. Um, I guess we have to kind of go backwards even more so to kind of set this up. Kill Switch wins the Battle Royal on the Zero Hour to become the next contender. For, well, I shouldn't say next contender. He can challenge for the TNT title at any given point, basically a walking uh, contract to cash in at any given point. Think money in the bank. When I was watching it, and I'm like, okay, money in the bank of Soros. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm sitting there like, well, okay, so how are we going to how are we going to do this? Because they just you Tony doesn't do things to just to do it. It's going to happen, and now he's just told you it's going to happen tonight. So I'm like, okay, how the fuck are we going to play this shit out? I thought this was one of the best matches. This to me got me back into the pay per view itself. I watched it. Um, like Bill did in two parts. 
I stopped right at the Abaddon Julia Hart match because at that point I was just frustrated and I just I felt like I just needed to just stop because otherwise I was going to go into the next match in a bad mood. You this, turned off the pay per view because you were frustrated. The front part of this pay-per-view was not very good. That is. I would never. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. That's odd. Did you go take a shower? No, I went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Did you smoke a cigarette? Yeah, of course. You went to bed without knowing the ending? Yes. Because you got frustrated with it? I was. Well, this, when I got home, it was. And Brock Lesnar was not wrestling? It was. No. (laughs) It was 1230 right when I started. So I watched the zero hour. So that's an hour. So then there, this is now two hours in. We're like three, three thirty, and I'm like, dude, this is now I'm getting pissed because I'm like, I don't even know what's next. But now I'm at that point where I, I don't, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm my eyes are getting heavy, and what I've seen so far made me mad because I watched that over watching Stardom. So yeah, at that point I was like, let's just stop because now you're going to go into this the rest of the way not right. So just stop. So did you like Christian and Edge? It brought me back. Yeah. Full show. Yeah. This was the one of the, like I said, these last three matches saved this whole shit. I agree. I agree 100%. Zach, would you? Oh, go ahead. The, the ending overbooked is fucked because that's, now that's you just. That's a finish, right? No, that's a Tony Khan finish. Stop. That's what Tony mm. Khan does. It's kind of a dusty finish where a guy wins and then, but he doesn't walk out with it. It's a. That's a Tony Khan finish. Exactly. When, when, especially, when, especially when Lucasaurus had to cough it up. Man, that's a Tony Khan finish. I wish Dusty would. I didn't know dinosaurs cough. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of it, Zach? This was WWE match of the year. This was a <laughs> WWE match. It was. It was a WWE match. It was a WWE finish. Like, I loved it. What? It every. Yeah. Like, oh I, man, I loved, I loved it too. I loved the whole thing. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was. I thought uh, it was, I was. I thought it was good from front to back. I I'm thought, sitting here watching the the, the I mean, post match. Really? Like, are you kidding me right now? I mean, he's going to give this fool this contract. Unbelievable. I mean, this match. I mean, to Zach's point, this match and the last angle of the show, WWE pay per view of the year type <laughs> shit. Yeah, exactly. It really was. I mean, that's sports entertainery. Really, it smells like a beefer. The fact that they were chanting for tables the whole time, and then they bring out the tables, and then the, the crowd's chanting for fire, and I was, like, legitimately pissed at the crowd. I'm like, these fucking marks. I'm like, really? I'm like, these guys are, like, 50 years old, and you're chanting for fire? And yeah, then they just pull fire out? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I was, not, that's, like, mark-out moment of the year. Not one, but two table lighting moments. Like, they had to light the table twice. Okay, y'all motherfuckers don't know what you're doing. This is, like, this is how you put the table on fire. I know. When I saw that, I was like, dude, Moxa already wrestled. Why are we doing this again? <laughs> I, I, thought that, I thought that this was uh, really great, and I was not pissed off at the overbooking of it. I, I like Edge getting screwed again. Like we talked about last week, that title seems a little beneath Edge. Um, it, it, he looked Perfect, weird. He, I thought he looked weird holding it. I I was a big fan of all of this, I including just, Luchasaurus teasing that he's going to turn on Christian and then not turning on Christian, I'm giving like, it dude, once again. Fuck you! I'm like, just yak this motherfucker in the mouth. Just do it. I don't even care what happens after that point. I guess it was for me. It, it was, is the patriarchy, and Luchasaurus's dad did die 
from a meteor strike. Okay. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to empathize and his, with and his, his, arm, his arms are short, too. His arms are short, so he can't hold that title up real too high. I'm, I'm here to empathize with all that shit. The, the, the mental part of it, the physical aspect where you can't hold the title. I get that. I get it. Damn, man. I just... This wasn't the time to be doing no Tony shit, okay? Just either, just let Christian win, okay? That, ultimately, that's where we end up going back to. You already had the fact that he fucked over, uh, he threw uh, Luchasaurus underneath the bus before he renamed him Kill Switch, so you already had that tension. There was... This was just Tony being Tony, okay? He wanted to do it because it it felt like a good-ass idea to do it. Was it entertaining? Yeah, because obviously I was at, I'm was i still kind of animated about it because then it happened today on, on well, Wednesday So night. you didn't like this? I loved the match. The match, this was the match where I was like, okay, I'm good with watching whatever happens next. The finish, the post-match, nah. That was that was some Tony I, Khan overbooking one oh one. I'll tell you what, if the idea was to know, go ahead, Zach. Oh, I just don't know how Christian just winning would make it better. This was so much better than like Christian just winning. It was so much it was so much more in character. I'm not look, I'm not uh, saying that it would have made it better, but to me it's just we're back to square one. The only difference is is that we threw this Luchasaurus kill switch angle at the end to get people like all oh, all up in arms. Edges, Outside of that, nothing changed. Edge's new finisher should be lying a table on fire and then throwing <laughs> somebody over top of it. <laughs> like they're fucking evil can evil. And then and then and then Chris Pratt shows up with a bunch of velociraptors. Like that's, and they surround everybody. Like that's that that should be his finisher is just tossing somebody over a table because Jesus that's basically Christ. what he did the Nick Wayne. Yeah, probably, I was about to say he saved that. Probably couldn't bastard. believe he only weighed eighty five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, through him, I was just like, oh, oh, okay, all right. But that kind of sucks because you want him to go through. I, I don't want him to go through the table, but I'm expecting him better choice towards to go through the table. But he flung that dude. He just caught the little tail end of that shit. He sold it, but he just caught the tail end. Of that he sold table. it. He thought he he thought he finished his McDonald's meal out there. He's like, oh, you ate all six big nuggets. You're heavy enough. <laughs> what else? That's amazingly funny. Um, going still going ass backwards. Julia Hart uh, retains the TBS title over Abaddon. Um, I this is I just don't. This was not very good. Let's just call it for what it is. The moonsault at the end to finish the match was just the cherry on top of just a, not a a match that I personally wanted to invest in. The fans chanting this is spooky wasn't necessarily helping the fact for, for me personally. Where it was I, the only reaction they had. Okay, and that's kind no, of all nobody, I need to know. Nobody ever bought into Abaddon. When no, not match. at all. And it, In fact, it was one of my five Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. I week. did hear that. And I, was, I was just going to ask, uh, so... We just throwing that shit out there. What the fuck? Like, I'm like, wait a minute, man. They if you're down by 15, <laughs> you gotta say you throw it out there. I'm like, dude, how many is this? I will say for the predictions, uh, this might be the first time ever, but we all had the exact same predictions, and we were all almost perfect, except for we all picked MJF. If we would have picked some Ojo, all three of us would have been perfect, which oh, certainly would have been the first time. Yeah. Um, Zach, any thoughts on this? Oh no! It was just the worst match of the night. I just find 
leave it at that. There's plenty right. of other stuff to talk about. Jason. Uh, I got a nominee for the worst match of the night, and it's coming up. Eight-man tag, Sting, Darby, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara versus Hobbs, Takeshita, Big Bill, and Ricky Starks. So, obviously, coming in, we had a major angle, I wouldn't say angle, but story of Chris Jericho allegedly harassing, sexually harassing Kylie Ray. Um, yeah, uh, they. I was a little surprised when Jericho first came out that he didn't get uh, harassed right away. But once this match started and the match was not very good, it started to get clunky at parts. And especially when Chris Jericho was in the match and it started to get clunky, I thought that's when the fans started to get restless and you started to get Kylie Ray chance and DA chance. Once again, this match, the build to it was hurt for the fact that Kenny Omega had to be taken out of it. And at least this is just for me. I'm speaking for myself. When Kenny Omega is taken out and you put Sammy Guevara in, it's it's kind of like, okay, so why are we doing this? This doesn't make yeah, any sense. Just what was the point of the match? Okay. Ultimately, yes. And then when the match started to go left, that's when, the fa- that's when the fans were like, oh, fuck this. I'm not saying they took it over, but they started to really let Chris Jericho know that they of how they felt about him. The, the double submission at the end was kind of – it was just – it was a really hard match to watch. And that's why – as bad as Abaddon and Julia Hart was, this was worse. You got eight motherfuckers over there just just trying to do work, and nobody could get it done. It was bad. It was a car wreck with a train coming on top of it. Horrible. Worst match of the night for me. I'm changing. I'm getting a drop yeah. of train coming on top of it. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, it sounds like somebody with, like, a transformer fetish. <laughs> As a big-ass kid, you know, you just, ah, how, how do you know that, Zach? <laughs> Zach, what do you think about this match? Every time I come, I say, Autobots roll out. <laughs> <laughs> and then cry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Bella, don't miss. Zach, don't miss. <laughs> um, yeah, the match was a mess, and I think it was a mess because of the fans, uh, like, kind of turning on the match. And so, like, I think those guys just really didn't know what to do, and it led to them being out of sync. I mean, Jericho was getting booed when he came out. You could see on his face. Uh, he was trying to, like, keep a smile going. But some people were singing the song. Uh, a lot of people were booing him. Uh, and then there was those audible chants. Um, like, dude, that whole thing is, like, completely uh, a microcosm of, like, how terrible the Internet is. It was just, like, like there's been no actual accusations. There's been no actual news story. It's just a bunch of people jumping into conclusions because someone, like, commented on a Twitter thread. And, I mean, I'm not saying the dude's guilty or not guilty, but, like, Dude, like, nobody is, there's actually not actually been an investigation, but everybody is so ready to throw this dude under the bus. And, I mean, last week, everybody loved him. It's just so crazy um, how the world is. But, um, yeah, he was getting booed, uh, and then it just threw everybody off. It, like, he was on the babyface side, and they were booing all of his offense, and they were cheering the heels whenever they were getting offense on him. Sam uh, Guerrero was the threw, same way, too. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they should have at least, uh, finish because they have them winning 
and that's just it seems like they're still leading into them having a match with Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Um, and I just would not do that. Yeah, uh, I, say, I, I don't know about regard- that. Yeah, regardless of what happened or didn't happen, like Jericho being off for a couple months just to like let things like cool off and they can figure some stuff out. Like, how can you miss you? If, how can we miss you if you ain't gone, dude? Um, he's there every week. There's there's so many guys just have to take a step back. Yeah, I'm still not even sure what the story is. I read a little article about it or something, and I was like, okay, I guess I get this, but like, I just haven't invested that much time into thinking about it because it doesn't. Nothing seems like, like Zach said, like there's no accusations. That's uh, that's no excuse though. This match sucked. <laughs> Preach. <clears throat> what was next? Speaking of this match sucked, uh, well, I shouldn't say this match sucked, but it was definitely not the match that I expected. Um, Dustin Rose versus Swerve Strickland, um, Keith Lee being pulled for this match for medical reasons. I'm assuming it is for a non-kayfabe reason. They were announcing Keith Lee all the way up until the day of the show when I was watching the Zero Hour and then finding out Keith Lee wasn't on and Dustin Rose was taking his place, I can't lie. I did laugh out loud audibly to the point of where I was on the floor for 30 seconds trying to catch my breath because that just feels like Keith Lee in a nutshell when it comes to AEW. You get it to a certain point, and then something happens, whether it's bad booking, poor health, whatever the case may be. I think we've seen the best days of Keith Lee in AEW, but neither here nor there. Swerve basically comes out, destroys uh, Dustin Rhodes before the match, stomps on his leg with a center block as well. Dustin tries to fight the good babyface fight, but ultimately succumbs to Swerve. Um, I see a lot of people said that this should have went shorter. It should have been a squash. I'm fine with what this was, why it was. Um, Swerve showing a nasty, vicious side ain't a bad thing, especially if he's going to be the one to take the title off of Samoa Joe. You're going to have to be that dude to get that done. So ultimately, this worked for me. I didn't think you necessarily needed on this pay-per-view. You could have just... Swerve could have had the night off as far as I'm concerned. You don't want to do that, but I don't necessarily want to see this either. So... Uh, not the match I wanted to see, but it's it got the the got it done. Ultimately, the what I think the the goal was is just to make Swerve look like a more of a vicious, evil heel of a character. Even though fans just love the shit out of him, obviously not I too. What you think, Zach? Yeah, the beginning where you know he like did the center block with the ankle. Um, I feel like maybe that's what they were going to do with Keith Lee because he was, like, working through an injury, and maybe that's, like, how they were going to sell him, just, you know, not being very agile, you know, comparatively. Um, but without that, it's not a match, and I uh, would have been fine with that, and maybe even better because it's just – it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but Swerve getting the win was great. I loved Swerve in the, in the post-conference where, like, you know, they asked him about – they kept a lot of the reporters are being kind of annoying and kind of using him there to kind of ask questions to kind of get information about Keith Lee. And they kept referring to Keith Lee, and he's just like, dude, he's like, Keith Lee's got a lot to do to catch up to me. Like, I'm not worried about Keith Lee. He's like, he's behind me. 
um, I was like, damn, but that's accurate. Like, he's like, he's like, Dustin Rhodes is a waste of my time tonight. And I was like, oh my God. Um, he's like, my focus on the AEW title. And like, he was, he came off like such a star. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, get him a win, but it just seemed like it took too long to get there uh, when the match, the, the people you already had a lot going on. So. Couldn't agree more. Um, I was surprised that we even went through this, but neither here nor there. I'll let um, Bill discuss this when he gets back here in a second, but we can move on to the AEW women's title match, uh, Tony Storm versus Riho. Tony Storm retains. Um, not much I can say on this either. Uh, Riho, I thought, did a, a good job to at least – make it feel like it was possible that Tony Storm was going to drop the title. But if I would have thrown a Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week on this card, this or Julia Hart would have been either or a very good way to make sure I didn't drop any points. Um, It's just Tony's time right now. And I, I hate to even say it like that, but I didn't see any reason to have her drop the title to Riho. Riho, you know, is an acceptable opponent. Uh, first AEW Women's Champion. So in that scenario, she does have some sort of pedigree to be in this match. Obviously, winning a, a match to, to get in there doesn't hurt either, but uh, nothing special here. Uh, it was fine. Right person went over. Not much for me to be saying about it. You got anything on it? Uh, yeah, I think Tony uh, Stone's character is great. It's over. Um, and the only bummer about it is she's a heel and so she's facing baby faces and Riho usually has, does a great job of um, the crowd getting behind her. Like she's usually, that's like the best part of her matches is she's small. She's trying to overcome adversity right. and the crowd really gets behind her. Um, not really that much in this one. They're like, you know, chanting, you know, for Tony Storm who's the, who's the heel and who's the champion. So it really right. kind of suits the psychology of the match off. And um, I think either you just flip her face or, you know, I don't say take the belt off of her because she is the most entertaining thing right now. So just flip her face. Tony Storm? I don't know how you do that. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. Like, I mean, but, I mean, people turn all the time, but she's just a very likable character. The fans really like her and they want to get behind her. So she can still be that flippant and, like, she can be disregard, you know, disregard everybody around her and stuff. But, like, just have her be like a baby face star instead of a, instead of a heel and have her face heels. And then the psychology of the matches will be, won't suffer. Would it, so someone would have to turn on Tony storm. Obviously Mariah may is the closest person to there. So let's just play devil's advocate. Would a Mariah may heel turn help Tony storm in that scenario? Oh, totally. And plus like, I think, Ryan May as a heel is so good. We got a little taste of that on Wednesday. Uh, whenever her and Deanna Brazo came out, and uh, she was like, "I'm not a messenger. You can tell her yourself, bitch." bitch. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 shots uh, fired. You yeah. fucked up now. So, I think that's perfect. You know, like she's tired. You of know, you don't fucked up, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, t- I totally agree. I think uh, I like the fact that Mariah May is next to. Tony, ultimately, I think that she will turn on Tony. It's just a matter of when and where. Um, I'm just not sure how that would uh, 
would work out ultimately, but I think it, it would be fine. It just I think to, you're I think honestly I agree with you just in the sense that I think fans want to cheer Tony Storm. They they kind of almost need a reason to uh, to make her baby face. Mariah May turning heel on her could ultimately do that. Um, Miro versus Andrade being next. Um, coming into this, I was. Was like you know, cautiously optimistic about this being a good match. Uh, to the better workers that I I know on so, with so much wrestling to watch, you know, if you told me you're gonna have a Miro versus Andrade match straight up, I'm like, okay, you know, you at least for me, you got me, you know, curious about how this was going to happen. I thought this was a really good match. Uh, nice back and forth. The ending, I, once again, this should have been a foreshadow of things to come. Um, the end was where you kind of lost me on this because for me, not knowing Andrade was possibly leaving and him being, I guess, one of the the handful of stars of the Continental Classic, when I see C.J. Perry turn on him, it kind of threw me off a little bit. And at least storyline-wise, it doesn't make sense. So now, well, obviously it doesn't make sense because, you know, CJ's turned on, but, you know, why Andrade? You know, why are we focusing on him? Why are you seeking him out versus um, someone else? Or, you know, why was Andrade talking? I don't know. It just right then it was like, this is happening? And then the next thing you know, obviously Miro takes advantage to win the match. I'm not ultimately if Andrade's on the way back to WWE, that's fine. I get it. You know, Charlotte's there. If, the, if they're still together, it makes sense. Plus, I think you know, Triple H likes Andrade, and if that's the case, Andrade would be used in a, a, a much more of a utilized way versus his start stops off and on uh, pushes in AEW. Um, to me, I thought this was a, a good match. Just once again. I guess Tony did the best he could with the situation given to him. If Andrade's leaving, he can't win. So how do we make this work? CJ Perry turns on him. So in that scenario, it can't be, it's not the worst thing in the world. I just thought it it just caught me off guard. Then coming to find out after the fact that Andrade was going to leave the company. Now it, it made a little more sense. That's just me. Tubir, what you got? Yeah. Um, you know, Andrade leaving that he would lose here uh, doesn't make sense that they made him look so good in the tournament because um, he did look really good in the tournament. And it also, they kind of protected him by having uh, CJ turn on him when they could have just had Miro beat him. Um, it also kind of complicates the storyline with CJ and Miro. I'm like, so are they actually together now? Or is she going to like trot out like another dude? And like That story does not make weird. any sense. It never has. It never has. Um, happily married like you know it's one thing you know suspension we're always suspending disbelief but like um i don't know just put them together um doesn't have to be that complicated i gotta say that this match was underwhelming for me i didn't think i don't know what you guys thought of it i think i missed the beginning of the conversation but um i don't know it's like they didn't it's like they didn't mesh well or something it's i i don't know this this match was weird to me, and it wasn't nearly as good as I as we've seen either of them have. I can't say I ultimately disagree. I, I, I was into the match just because, for me, 
it was um, it's two guys I like personally, and you know I, I was always curious to see what would you know happen if you ultimately got them in the AEW ring. So, you know, I was genuinely invested into it until the uh, the CJ Perry portion of it, where you know I'm not blaming her. It's just kind of like, what do you do ultimately? So that's one way you could go about it. Zach's way where, you know, you just have him beat Mir- or beat Andrade flat out. That's the way I would have went, but that's just me. Um, Miro won, so ultimately they got it right. It's just how we got there, you know, it could be a bone of contention if you want to make it so. All right. And uh, uh, anything else to talk about? Curtain jerker after that, not unless you want to talk about um, – Swerve, Dustin, Miro, or uh, Riho, Tony Storm. I thought that Swerve should have gone over quicker. I thought I don't think that should have been a ten minute match. Swerve is on the way up. Dustin is there to take the loss. Everybody knows it. Just have it be four minutes. There's no reason to have those guys go ten minutes. Yeah. I don't know what did I miss. Did you guys love it? No, I, I, I nope. said that that uh, basically you know there's people that said it should have been a squash, and I I get that. But for me, I understand why they kind of drug this out. You know? I don't know how long it was going to take Swerve to beat Viscera. I mean, Keith Lee. Ooh. But it, it was probably going to be about Ooh. nine or ten minutes. Wee. You wait shit. Oh, my God. Keith Lee just trying to eat a meal in peace. What's this BFR doing in my cereal bowl? <laughs> Shrapnel I'm just everywhere. having a little fun. God damn. Yeah. He's, eating, right. he's eating his microwave meal right now, stirring up his mashed potatoes, and just catching shots. Bill's like, Bill's like, Keith Lee needs to go back to working quality assurance for little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Everybody's over here just taking Keith Lee shots. You next, you want to go next. So I don't care. Somebody dunk on Keith Lee. Anyway, uh, what was the curtain jerker? Hook Judah? And this is where I should have known something was going left. Curtain jerker was actually Jay White, Roosh, Brody King, and Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe. Daniel Garcia, Claudio Cascagnoli, and da- uh, Brian Danielson. So basically, they got oh, everybody yeah. else that was not in the Continental That's Classic. That's fucking weird. Was just thrown into a match. And I'm sitting here looking at this shit like, okay, what the fuck? A, what the fuck is this? B, wh- how are you trying to make these guys get along with these guys? These guys don't even like each other. What the fuck is this? Tony Khan's and- like, he knows the biggest criticism is that the pay-per-views are too long. He's so like, what guess what? <laughs> It's like it's like when pe- it's like when people yelled at Tarantino about using the N word too much, and he oh, came out oh, with Django. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like, watch this. Hold my beer. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Tony Khan's like, I'm gonna make this shit even longer. I'm like, dude, and I'm sitting here watching it. And I'm, I want to get into Excalibur's it. calling it a dream match and shit. Dude, stop. Motherfucker, no, just stop. They just need to stop throwing that. All right. Dream match around. It was just, <laughs> this was the weirdest curtain jerker. And all I kept thinking in my head is, Zach's going to love this. Zach's going to love this. Zach, did you love it? Oh, the match is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I, I thought it was a, a good use of those guys because they haven't been in any storylines because they've been in the Continental Classic. I thought it was very New Japan-like uh, to have like an eight-man tag to open the show, and like true. a lot of people, a lot of people got to shine. And Daniel Garcia got a big win. Uh, you know, he came out looking like a million bucks, and I thought a lot of people looked really good here. Um, you know, it was it was fun match. In New Japan's fans. pay-per-view worthy, but, like, I don't know, but it was, it was fun. No, no, no. You know it ain't pay-per-view worthy. You ain't getting away that easy, motherfucker. Zach, Zach was in the party match? Quite. Uh... Okay, stop moving. Yeah, you're, you're, you're breaking up again. So. Not, not quite, but almost. Oh, almost, almost a party match. Shit. All right, so give it a grade. C minus. I said it the night after. I'm gonna stick to it. Yeah, I'll give it a. I'll give it a C. What you give it, Zach? Um, I'm a C plus. All right, we're all we're all in the same place. Uh, let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Now this is that this two count is going to be Zach's hottest take because he probably just finished Wrestle Kingdom. Is that right? I did actually. Um like five minutes before you called uh, <laughs> was uh, like Sonata or sorry, uh, Naito's roll call, um, which was perfect. He threw the microphone up in the air and the fucking wire wrapped around the top rope. <laughs> and he, uh, one in a million there. But uh, yeah, uh, that will be the two count if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. What you got? All right. So yeah, we'll just start at the top because that is the biggest news story. Uh, yeah, uh, Nico fans are doing something they don't really know how to do, and that is rejoice. Katie <laughs> uh, <because laughs> Nico uh, has won the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, beating Sonata in a pretty damn good Tokyo Dome main event. Um, there was a little kind of like a couple sloppier destinos in the middle there, but otherwise Ooh. this uh, match was really well wrestled, really good story. Um, you know, uh, these guys are both, you know, absolute pros. Sonata, all the criticism about him, none of them have been about the wrestling. Um, so this match was really, really good. Um, and uh, Naito wins. Of course, he, you know, he's getting ready to do a celebration, do his roll call, and then Evil comes out, and I was like, dude, ghetto. Oh my God, are you serious? And um, pretty brilliant because it got a lot of heat. Um, maybe more heat than like Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> this is worldwide, baby. Your boy was up this morning at like six. Like, are you fucking kidding me I was, right now? I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then Sonata made the save, which is brilliant. Uh, like, it was so beautiful. Not only did, like, you know, Sonata, you know, drop the title, but then he was gracious enough to make the save for his, like, former partner. And um, oh, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was just a, a beautiful ending. And then Naito got to do his roll call. Um, really a great, feel-good uh, main event. And interestingly enough, uh, this was just like, uh, what was it, Wrestle Kingdom? I don't know, was it 14, I think? Uh, where... Oh, you're, oh no, you're talking about the but, former Wrestle Kingdom, sorry. Yeah, I think it was maybe Wrestle Kingdom 14 when uh, Ghetto changed every single title, and that happened again. Uh, so 
Um, this was like the sixth title change on this show. Um, so, yeah, uh, I thought it was excellent. What did you guys think? TBC, titles be changing. Mm. Jason, what do you think about the main <laughs> event? <laughs> you know, I loved it. No, um, there was a couple of, you know, dicey moments there. Obviously, with Zach, we're talk- we talked about it a little bit where – Destinos were uh, not necessarily going to happen. It was a, a little cringy, hold your breath type moments, but I think we just get that with uh, Naito at this point. He's just he's just older. You're not going to be as crisp and smooth. He's not the LeBron James of New Japan by any stretch of the imagination. That being said, Sonata did make me think for like 30 seconds that it could end up being a long night at 45-23 Gravoy, but the match I thought was was good. I thought it was a, a solid pay-per-view end to the match. Then, obviously, the evil part of it, I, I I thought I was just about to lose lose my absolute shit because now <laughs> you're just going you you just can't leave it alone, could you? So the, of course I was working myself into a just a shoot at like six forty five or six fifteen this morning. I'm just like, dude, this is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm like, okay, where the fuck is Lij at this point? You know, and I'm looking around. They're not coming out. So for Sonata to be the one to make the save was a nice. Um, I don't want to say parting gift, but it's a, a, a rub to Sonata in some weird sort of way. I don't know. It just Sonata's title run has always been kind of off for for whatever well, it's reason. It's been weird. It's been weird for whatever reason. I mean, it's I, not. It's I, not I know that we we praised him for making younger guys look good and giving title shots to guys that you know you wouldn't figure to get title shots. I mean, ultimately, that's pretty weird. It was weird when they put the title on him. It's weird that it's been on them this long, and his title run has been weird. It it feels like a long transitional champion, and that's not what a transitional, at least to me, that's not what a transitional champion is. It's like a couple months. This went like six. Neither here nor there. Um, Naito gets back on top. Obviously, I'm ecstatic. I'm still on like two, maybe three, well, like four. I took a nap before uh, the pod, but just ecstatic that he's back. Now it's just, you know, what's the story? How are we going to play Naito moving forward? Because whatever happens is going to be the one of the last chapters in his professional career. So, so you know, you want to do it right. I'm not coming at this as fresh as Zach. So I finished this about 3 o'clock this afternoon. Um, so I, I did have a chance. I didn't listen to any podcast about it or anything, but I did have a chance to – uh, read PW Torch's review of it. So I got a little context what the general thought is out there. Um, am I the only one that thought that Naito looked – listen, no offense. I thought Naito looked terrible. I thought that Sonata out-wrestled him. I thought he looked slow. It looked like Sonata was doing all of the work. There was a couple times where he just wasn't selling because he just looked kind of blown up. Uh, I thought that – I, I didn't think Naito looked good. I thought Sonata looked really good. I thought Sonata did as much as he could with what seemed to be the Naito that we get at Forbidden Door, you know, not taking his T-shirt off during the match and just kind of going through the motions. I don't know. Like, I th- I have this as my fifth favorite match on the card. Completely fair. Um, There were there were off things. Uh, there was like a... A bicycle, well, not a bicycle kick, but a, a kick towards the end of the match where you guys are really underselling sh- how sloppy a couple of those Destinos were. Too. No, I'm they not. They looked bad. I'm, what did I say? 
You said there were a couple sloppy moments. No, cringy is, I think, the word I used, if okay, I'm not we'll mistaken. Check the tape. We'll check the tape later. Please and thank you. I'm not going to sit up here and, and uh, yeah, throw the progressive flag out here, for Christ's sake. You're like, he's not as crisp as he used to be. Brother, he looks damn right chewy. He ain't crisp. I'm not expecting him to be. Okay, what did I say? He ain't a what? shoestring fry. He's a steak fry. You know what I mean? What I expect. <laughs> Lots but of potato gonna, in the middle. Here's the problem with that, though. You didn't build anybody else up to this. Okay? So now this is what you've got. So you got to be smart with him moving forward. You just can't have him in six and eight-man tags all the goddamn time. There's plenty of LIJ guys out there to do it. Yeah. Did I say he, I'm not sitting up here and say this was match of the year by no. any stretch of no. imagination. No. Okay? It got us to where we ultimately wanted to go. As soon as that fucking music hit, this was – I knew right then. I was like, okay, this feels like a victory. Like I don't think any of these the matches match – I don't think any of these matches were, are going to be on our short list for match of the year at the end of 2024. But, I agree. Uh, Zach. Uh, next match, uh, or the one that was before it, rather, uh, Kazuchi Okada defeated Brian Danielson. Um, I thought this match was awesome. Uh, I thought it was uh, timeless. They told a story of Danielson going in there wanting to break Okada's arm because he had broken his arm uh, in their match in Forbidden Door. He worked the arm the whole time and that also benefited uh, the story of Okada. Is he going to be able to hit the Rainmaker if his arm uh, is busted up? Um, I loved that the finish came quickly and it was not a ton of yep. uh, reversals. You know, we have a lot of kind of similar uh, New Japan main event style matches, a lot of like reversals and uh, doing each other's finishers and stuff like that. And it was just, he worked over that arm to try to take the Rainmaker away from him. He hit him with the Rainmaker and he pinned him because he worked through the pain. Uh, sold the arm even after the match. Um, absolutely great. Uh, the timing in this and um, just like the timing of the drop kick. Uh, everything in this match was like very intentional. And I think this uh, match uh, would, you know, deserve like a rewatch. Uh, even just because it's just one of those where you notice uh, they're doing everything for a reason and everything builds into something else and the momentum shifts. Uh, I just thought it was really, really well done. Um, let, me ask yeah, you, I don't know. let me ask you two Go questions ahead. with yes or no answers. Uh, Go ahead. Did you like this one better than their first encounter? Uh, yeah. Yes. And was this your match of the night? Through the other matches, I would say it would see it's pretty tough, but uh, down to it, I'd probably say yeah. Jason, it would be at least for me either this or the triple threat. Um, no spoilers. What do you think about this match? I would, better than the original. Um, Got me invested in into it early. Red shoes hugging Brian Danson for before the match was just uh, just a moment, and you know you don't see that shit all the time, if ever. So right then, I knew we 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 might be getting something special on our hands. It wasn't an, an instant classic, maybe the next tick down, but 
this was the match that I kind of hoped we would have got the, in round one. But now that we we're here for round two, I thought they made the shit work. The fact that you had Okada in another compromising position, he taps out before, and now he's he's here in this same position. You know, it feels more impactful the second time around where now it's like, oh, you know, shit, this motherfucker might tap out again. Um this is the match I thought we, we I was hoping we, we got the first time around. We got it the second time around. Everybody can walk away happy, um, at least wrestler-wise. Arguably the match of the night. Like I said, it's, for me, it's, it's either that or the triple It's my threat. match of the night, and I like it better than the first one. I thought this match was fucking, like, perfect, especially if it's uh, the second out of a best-of-three series. Like, if we're going to get a rubber match, this is going to be a perfect part two. Um I loved it. Can't say much more than that. Um, I I agree with Zach, and same thing we were talking about with that Eddie Kingston finishing the Moxley match is that it was one rain, one rainmaker and he was down. He was done after one. Uh, so uh, awesome. No, I was going to say I thought he got him with one before that. I thought he did. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on. There it. wasn't a bunch of reversals and shit like that though. Like, it, wasn't, it was it, it was over a suddenly. typical Okada match where at the end it's just like you know. You reverse, he reverse. It was more so a, a more for whole of a war of attrition. Whose injury was going to be the one to derail them? You, Okada's arms, you know, was getting worked on, and then obviously uh, Okada went after the uh, the eye of Danielson, you know, to the point where you know where he ripped off the uh, the eye patch. You know, was just basically kicking him, you know, like they do in uh over in Japan, which I think is is like the that and getting spat on is like the ultimate Vicious. disrespect. <laughs> Vicious in Japan, but that's just me. Go ahead, three beer. Uh, yeah. So uh, before that, we had the three way with uh, David Finley, uh, John Moxley, and Will Ospreay, and this match uh, ruled. It was a lot of fun. The story started with Moxley and Osprey teaming up on Finley uh, for the first few minutes and they put him through a table and then the match really took off. Cause at first that's kind of boring. Two baby faces, you know, ganging up on a heel. Um, the psychology is a little bit backwards, uh, but it did allow them to put Finley out and have him on the outside so that they could go at it. And Holy shit, this just went to show that, John Moxley versus Will Ospreay is main event material. Like, we already do that. But, dude, I want to see this so bad because they were just killing it in there. Uh, uh, and then besides that, um, you know, Finley's back in. They beat up on him again for a while. Man, he really took a beating in this match, uh, which makes sense because he ends up winning. Uh, but we had some fuckery with the War Dogs coming in. Um, they ended up, uh, you know, getting kicked to the curb and but uh finley still ends up coming out on top uh this match uh definitely achieved exactly what i thought it it went the exact way that i thought which was finley was going to put osprey because osprey's on his way out finley's the new guy gene uh he's got the new belt uh and then one thing i did not expect though was for uh nick nemus and ryan nemus to be sitting ringside for this match and finley and um Ryan, it's Ryan, right? Which one is or Nick? Nick. Sorry. Nick. Okay, yeah. And Nick, uh, a.k.a. Dolph Ziggler, uh, got into an altercation, a physical altercation. So 
that's awesome. Uh, we're gonna get. Uh, yeah, they fought all the way into the back him. too. They were fighting at the press conference. I feel like uh, 2020 BFR, uh, like if you would have gone back into a time machine and just like you just show up in the Shock City Studios and you kick the door in and you're like, Dolph Ziggler's in New Japan in 2024. And you're like, who the fuck was that guy? Like, <laughs> I would be right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is good. That's so great. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Um. Ultimately, not a surprise. Um, I did have to text uh, yeah, Bill uh, when I was listening back to the pod. I was like, oh, shit. You know, I, I meant to have uh, Finley first as most likely to win or whatever. So, for me, not a huge surprise. Um, I liked the match. I liked it a lot. Uh, th- when Osprey did the, I think it was a swan time onto the war dogs or whatever, and uh, Coughlin was stuck in, in the, the middle of the fucking uh, table, was just like a perfect little encapsulation of just kind of how wild this match was at, at certain points. Um, as a New Japan guy, I kind of feel a little uh, just, I guess jealous is the word I used this morning, that AEW is going to get John Moxley and Will Ospreay for the foreseeable future. I'm not sure how long Moxley's going to be. I would assume we're around for the next couple years. Obviously, Will Ospreay's going to be around for the next couple years. So to see them uh, in an AEW feud, in any feud, I think is going to be an amazing watch. So for me to see that and as they were wrestling in the New Japan ring, I was I was kind of getting mad a little bit for 30 seconds. Like I said, I used the word jealous, so I'll go with that. Um one of the better matches of the night. Like I said, for me, either this or the uh, the match afterwards were the two best matches of the night, Okada and Danielson. Uh, right, this was the only way you could do it, especially once Osprey signed with AEW, and then you announced this match. But. Go ahead. We were disappointed, at least I was disappointed, that this was going to be a triple threat with Finley. I understand that they got to put the belt on Finley. I think ultimately – if you're not going to get Osprey and Moxley one-on-one, then you have to do Osprey and Finley one-on-one. This match suffered for being a triple threat because the fuckery being legal uh, because of the triple threat and it's no DQ is just kind of like, ah. I mean, didn't you groan when the War Dogs showed up? Did a, you groan? A little, but it, what? I, no, I mean, I hate to be so precious about it or so Cornette about it. This is Cornette's corner right now. Uh, but it's like... <laughs> It's like if you're having this match and it's for the global championship and it's this, it's one of your biggest matches on your biggest show of the year, then you kind of want it to be a little cleaner, right? This has been Cornette's Corner. Um, <laughs> fair argument. But the way the story was told, it wasn't going to be a one-on-one match. You ha- If you were going to do it, then you wouldn't have had David Finley, you know, come into the angle of um, – Moxley and uh, Osprey, but like I said, there, therein lies the problem. Once Will Osprey decided he wanted to go to AEW, there you had no choice. It's just now, how do you present the story? Two beer. Yeah, I don't think the match. I don't think the match would have been bigger without John Moxley. Um, I think the card would have been worse without John Moxley. So yes, um, that's not what I'm saying. Yes, I don't want you to think that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Then just have Moxley Osprey. 
you can't not for this title though. You can which, have Finley w- win it later. Which which oddly looks <laughs> like yeah yeah. Go ahead AEW take the title too. You get you took well fucking Jay White Osprey and now take our title too. You got the New Japan Strong title. Knock yourselves out. Take my fucking. I mean, daughter. is Osprey's contract up after Wrestle Kingdom? No, apparently not. Um, well, then have him go over Moxley and then have him lose it to, at Sakura Genesis or something. No, damn all that. Just, just do, just, this is the way they should have done Listen, I don't have the pencil. I'm just imagining that I do. Uh, we all do. And that's fine. I just, I don't want to even play around with this anymore. Just let, I, I, let I, I, everybody I, I, can go their separate ways. What do you think about Dolph Ziggler, a.k.a. Nick Nemeth, being he in came New out, Japan? I was like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, I feel like we're burying the lead here. This is like, this is a huge fucking thing. You know what sucks, though, is that when I pulled up the pay-per-view today on New Japan website, because it had gotten over, because I was turning it on at 8.30, the headline was something about Dolph Ziggler being in New Japan, and I was like, what? But I did did not know how he entered or anything, so that was still cool. Now, a definite surprise, it... Like I said a couple weeks ago, whatever it was that this round of WWE releases were going to slowly but surely start to come back. This was the last place in the world. If you'd have told me a week ago that Dolph Ziggler was going to be showing up in New Japan, I'd be like, "Yeah, right, motherfucker." Zach, was that spoiled for you while you were watching it? Uh, I was pretty good about social media, uh, but I'm trying to sell something on Facebook Marketplace and I opened up my Facebook and then like the very first thing, <laughs> I don't really get on Facebook anymore, yep. the very first thing is like a picture of like Nick Nemeth uh, facing off against David Finley and I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yep, they got what you, time? man. The algorithm got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so a mad. huge deal. I mean, how many times have I said in our previous 340 podcasts that we've done, how many times have I said put Ziggler in the G1? Now it's going to happen. No, we don't know that. Calm down. Oh, he's in we the G1. He's in the down. G1. Slow down. I'm, I'm almost feeling like this is a one You don't one think he's talked to Brian or to John Moxley about being in the G1 or Eddie Kingston? I mean, he knows those guys, right? They all know each other. I'm not saying that. No, you they gotta they gotta make room, you know, for Chase Owens and Bad Luck Follow. <laughs> <room for, you laughs> know. You ain't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> besides uh, before that, we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, El Desperado, aka Dusty, uh, defeated Hiromu Takahashi. Did not see this coming. Um, I was like, all right, so far every every title has changed. I'm like, here's where they here's where they uh you know, stop that uh situation. And uh no, uh this is uh, an excellent match. Uh, we've seen this these guys uh, wrestle plenty of times. Uh really started out great with Desperado. Like uh Hiromu's like wearing this amazing huge jacket like he always does, like jacket robe thing, it's just like huge like three so D billowing over the top, and uh, Desperado could not care less about that jacket because he just dive-bombs him uh, before he could even get in the ring and uh, does a tope. Look, and look, that, look, that's look what tone. I have written next to Desperado here in my notebook. I'm, it's so funny that Zach said that. Look what it says up there at the top, top left. Top left. 
Thanks for dressing up. Yeah, that's what I that's what I want to remember about Desperado. Thanks for dressing up, Despy. He did. That's the no, first time. Yeah. That's the first time he's broke out uh, the uh, black and red, and I can ever. If imagine. he takes off that mask, he looks like a dude at Walmart. <laughs> he does not look like a pro wrestler. He's just a, he's just another guy buying Fago. Yeah. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> Uh, but uh, man, he he murdered he murdered him with a pinche loco. Uh, he had two in a row, but that first one, uh, man, like I've seen I've seen Hiromu break his neck. We all have. We saw it in a yeah, man. And yeah. uh, like I was like, oh my god, that was rough. And then yeah, he did like, it again. Yeah, and I was like, oh Jesus, stop, yeah. stop. They, they both didn't look very good. This match was pretty good. Um, I was surprised by the finish, also, Jason. Obviously not surprised because I picked Espy. I, I just thought Horomo was getting to the point now where, and he said it in the uh, the, the press conference leading up to this, he doesn't want to re- wrestle Desperado anymore unless it's the main event. So, I mean, at this point, you're kind of, you know, maxing out all that Horomo can do as a junior heavyweight. You know, he's won best of the Super Juniors multiple times. He's multiple, you know, junior heavyweight champion, you know, what more can Hiromu do? It is time for him to move up to the heavyweight division and then ding, you, ding, ding, you ding, have ding. a whole different cast of characters for him to play with. Then if Desperado wants to do that too, fine. You can do that on the heavyweight uh, side of things, and then if you could do it as a main event, they can meet down the line. But right now, this the only reason I picked the Desperado, outside of he's a virtual fucking master in the ring is that it, to me it just felt like it was time for Hiromu to move up and this is the way to do it right on uh we had before that um a match that I really didn't get to pay a ton of attention to because I was uh working um at this time uh but Grills of Destiny beat uh Fisherman and that's when I saw you know Nick Nemeth and Ryan Nemeth come out Did and they're I- like oh we got to sit front, front row for this match and I was like they were going to bring Dolph Ziggler to New Japan to tag with his brother. And like, cause I thought that's the angle they were going with. And they brought him out during the tag match, but uh, that is not the angle that they're going with. Um, but uh, anyway, um, I can't really comment on the match. Uh, I did get to see the finish, uh, but um, this went the way that I thought it was going to go. Uh, what did you guys think about the match? Disjointed, uh, not very pleasant to look at. Because um, the match. The wrong finish. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh. Like, I would have kept on. I, I just don't see ELP and Hikaleo. I'm not a Hikaleo guy. I don't know. Just not wow. a Hikaleo guy. Okay. Um, not the words I thought was going to come out your mouth. Um, even though I picked Bishamon, um, I'm good with the finish. Um, Bishamon's over. You know, if there's any thoughts of having some sort of tag team division in New Japan, you'd at least one of – you know, depth, you need better teams than, than Bishamon. You, you can move Bishamon over to the right, over team. Now, here you got uh, ELP and Hikaleu. I never thought that I would like them at the, a lot, but, you know, they're starting to grow on me a little bit. I didn't think this was a, a better match than the uh, the World Tag League final, but, I mean, the World Tag League final went like 40-something minutes, like 45, something ridiculous like that. So, I mean, it would have been hard to – overmatch that. Now, that being said, I do agree with Bill on the parts there were disjointed. I just think that's kind of, you know, it should be a little better with these four. It just kind of was what it was. 
for me, the right team went over because, I mean, for, like I said, Bishamon is over as fuck as a tag team. You know, if, if you want to break them up as individuals, then that's a totally different argument and totally different discussion. But right now, I'm good with the Bishamon can I, can not I have, winning. Can I have the last word on this match? By all means. Next. <laughs> uh, previously, uh, Tamatonga defeated Shingo Takagi. Uh, I was not all that hyped up for this match. Uh, they won me over. This is a really good Ooh. wrestling match. Very much a, a style match. Hard hitting. Uh, the crowd is really into it. Uh, I think that, that helps that being in the Tokyo Dome and being in front of so many people. Uh, they were really hyped. Shingo just has this charisma about him uh, besides like his hard hitting style. And um, I mean, Tamatanga won. Not what I would have done uh, or not what I was, uh, you know, hoping for because I'm a big Shingo fan, but maybe this is Shingo uh, getting out of the never scene and uh, maybe he'll be challenging his stablemate um, Naito on an hey, upcoming hey, show. Hey, 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 calm down over there. Uh, Jason, Jason, what do you think about this match? I'm going to need you to uh, hush up all that LIJ dis- uh, dysfunction. Um, for 13 minutes, I thought it was a banger-ass match. Uh, very curious to do, see Tomatonga win and then post-match say he was going to leave New Japan to come back to America and stay here and wrestle. So ultimately this comes to down down to why did we have Tomatonga win to begin with. So that part, curious. The match itself I thought was was really good. It was, it was a nice little... 13-minute banger. You know, they went after it. Like And like Zach said, being in the Tokyo Dome didn't hurt. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Tomatonga slander out there before this match. Um, some of it might have been said by me. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> you see, I don't you, right? <laughs> But uh, this was the funnest match of the night. This match was a sprint uh, from front to back, and it was two guys that really seemed motivated – like, they went out there with the goal to uh, set that crowd on fire, no, they, and they succeeded. Because, that, like Zach said, the crowd was super into it. I was super into it. A uh, bunch of really good near falls. Super fun match. Loved it. If we hadn't seen it so so many times condensedly, it would probably been a you know, at least fresher and a match that I was really more excited to see. But they won me over about halfway in. So, yeah, ultimately it worked out. Awesome. So we had House of Torture, which was evil, and Rinderita defeating Kaito Kiyomiya and Shota Umino. Uh, I really liked this match until the finish, um, just because I, I shouldn't have bet against uh, House of Torture. I should have known there'd be some fuckery, but um, they won with some fuckery. Uh, Yujiro distracted the ref. Um, he got hit. Umino got hit with the uh, uh, the pull up bar and pinned. Uh, but um, Kiyomiya is. A joy to watch always. Uh, Shota Umino is, uh, man, I tell you what, uh, out of all of those guys, like the four pillars, like the new four pillars of, of New Japan, which we'll talk about the other ones here in just a minute. Who's um, the fourth? Yomura? Yeah. Okay. Um, Umino, like, he That's your guy. feels the most, feels like a superstar. Um, you know, he's just got that. He's, he's really, like, carrying himself uh, like a star. And, um, yeah, he's kind of like the Tanahashi of the group. 
um, you know, like a young Tanahashi. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, better than the usual House of Torture bullshit. Uh, but I mean, that's all I can say. I don't know if it was better than the usual House of Torture bullshit. It was certainly some House of Torture bullshit. Uh, <laughs> the highlight of the match for me was when Ghetto they held Kiyomiya legs open and ghetto uh did a headbutt on his balls and what's the announcer's name walker uh walker stewart walker stewart he goes dick to dick action, action. Boy, I, I, fell out. I was like man no <laughs> that really popped me i was like is that what he just said yes so this walker what is it walker stewart so he's 21 years old yes that is amazing yeah it's just uh, he sounds like don callis he sounds. Well, he sounds wow. like he's in his fifties. No, he, yeah, that's what I mean. He, he's yeah, he's really, really good for being that young. Like and there's going to be thrown into this, being thrown this, into it, and coming after basically a legend, yeah, Kevin Kelly. For sure. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of proud of him. I'm like, hey, man, good for you. Being 21 is that's really young, man. But oh, and, and on top yeah. of it, he, he, that's being over in Japan, where now he yeah, has to simulate what a hard job, learn the the the, uh, the language, the whole nine yards, and then on top of it, this is your job. So I mean, and then he says "dick to dick action." Dude, I, I fell the fuck out. I, I, <laughs> I literally that was a tweet. I was like, "Dick to dick action." I'm fucking dead. Oh, I didn't see you tweet it. <laughs> that was <laughs> that's like, great. Man, that's amazingly funny. I was <laughs> laughing my ass off. Um. The only thing I can take away from this is that it's two guys that's mainly the the center of House of Torture, and that's Evil and Renderita. Now, if that, like I said, if Renderita becomes the leader of House of Torture, ultimately, I'm down for it. Right now, this you know this was the usual what I expect from House of Torture. You know, smoke and mirrors. You know, look this way while we do something over here that way. So, the names are different. The game is still the same. House of Torture bullshit. Go ahead. Uh, then we had um, a dope match. Yuya Uemura defeated Yoda Suji. Uh, I picked Suji to win this, but uh, in hindsight, man, having Uemura win this was brilliant. I feel like he really needed to win. Um, he looks great. He looks so much better. Uh, both of them, actually. Like, whatever they're young lions, you know, they don't really – they have, like, black trunks, short short haircuts. Um, both these guys went on excursion. They grew their hair out super long. They both look like superstars. Um, and, uh, man, they've got a great chemistry. We talked last week, uh, about, uh, their singles record, which is just, uh, obnoxious because they have like so many, so many draws, uh, back and forth. And finally, after, you know, going on excursion, Yui Mura for the first time kind of has a leg up on Yoda Suji and, um, watching this and the fact that they were so good and the crowd was so into both of them and they were so crisp with everything. I was like, man, I was like, we're watching, like, a future Wrestle Kingdom main event. Dog. Um, yeah. Stole my thunder. Yeah, like, 100%. Um, and we kind of knew that watching them in the G1 whenever they were opening and, like, doing all those 10-minute draws. We're like, well, th- these guys are going to be something. Like, you can just tell. And then now you're like, oh, they're, like, actually going to be something soon. Like, they're on their way. Uh, you know, Tanahashi, president, you know, you know, spoiler alert for here in a second, like, he did win a title. Uh, tonight, but um, you know he's on his way out. Naito won a title. He's on his way out. We got to make these you know new group of stars, and they've got them. Um, 
be funny if Tanahashi started booking himself dude. like Triple H in dude, like 2006. Dude, somebody said that on Twitter. I was like, man, y'all really motherfuckers ain't got the, y'all ain't got no, no good damn sense. no fucking original ideas. <laughs> that would be funny <laughs> to me. Somebody just beat you to it, that's all. Um, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, Three Beer, honestly. And I said it, you know, coming up to this. Yurimura is the guy that is conveniently left out and for whatever reason. I know we talk about the Three Musketeers, but... This match, and I said it afterwards. We didn't make up that phrase, though. They did. Oh, no, no question about it. No question about it. But they've all gotten their (laughs) shine. Don't put that evil on me. Yeah, right. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. They all got their different shines in different spots. Like Two Beer said, in this scenario, Yurimura got his shine here on the biggest stage on the the first singles match between the two. So now this is his shine. So basically, you know, you have the foundation of the future of New Japan and the, these four guys. Uemura was probably the right guy to go over here. Yeah, for sure. Um, were you surprised? Yes. I was surprised. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, when it happened, I was like, oh. Well, but. No, I, I Pleasantly. Was, yeah. I was like, oh, that's a strong booking move. Yeah, without question. Yoda Suji is going to be a world champion. Oh, no doubt. Okay. I feel about him the way that Zach feels about Shota. Okay. Renderita is going to be somewhere in that gray area. You know, probably, you know, somewhere down the line, he might stay, get world champion if he stays without torture. Not, not the point of discussion. You're more winning. Ultimately, if Yodasuchi does come to pass and become world champion, your Murrah is going to be right there. Like, what's up, motherfucker? We got beef. So, it, ultimately, it makes sense short term and long term. It's going to be like, what up, turn? <laughs> we got beef. <laughs> yeah, I think out of all of them, Suji will be the one to win the world title first. Um, for sure. Agreed. I honestly think they should have given it to him. In hindsight, they should have given it to him whenever he wrestled Sonata. Oh, 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 easy, big fella. Easy. He's heating up. No, I mean, you don't think the company needs a, an injection? Oh, of like that would like been, it? Rather than boring old Sonata, that would have been such a shot in the arm, man. It would have been. It would have been great. Yes, it would have um, been the fucking shit. Damn. It, it, I uh, mean, you would be like, ooh. Right. <laughs> oh, I might have been like, Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck yeah. Oh, man, he's got it. Oh, yeah, he's got charisma. He's got talent. He's got it all. He'll be the future leader of LIJ once Naito goes away. No question about it. He'll be world champion. He's like, right off the cover of a fucking romance novel. <laughs> like, in a fucking, like, shampoo and conditioner ad. I was thinking like, more head and shoulders uh, myself. Yeah. Um, anyway, we had uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Zack Sabre Jr., and this thing was uh, an absolute sprint. Uh, these guys always have a fantastic match, and this one was no different. Um, very surprising finish here. Uh, that said, you know, uh, when you think about Tanahashi, what are the kind of matches that you want to see him in anymore? Um, below 15 minutes. Uh, so... Uh, it kind of makes sense. ZSJ has put this title over. He's had it for a year, um, you know, full year of defenses. Uh, he was like one of the, you know, winningest uh, champions, winningest wrestlers uh, in New Japan last year. And he's really put this thing over. He's elevated himself and he's elevated the title. And he's ready to challenge for bigger and better things. Uh, so him, Tanashi winning, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, that's interesting, and I kind of get it, even though it was uh, absolutely a surprise. But, I mean, I could watch Zach and uh, Tanahashi wrestle every night. Um, For sure. I just 
it's kind of like whenever um, Tim Robinson finds uh, the Dan Flash's store and he's like, I found a store that sells shirts in my exact style. And um, that's how I feel like whenever I watch this <laughs> Tanahashi exact like, It's my exact style. Very surprised uh, Tanahashi goes over, honestly. Um, but I'm not mad about it. I, it's time for ZSJ to be elevated. So ultimately, I, I echo everything that Three Beers said. It, to, to me, it's more about Zack Sabre Jr. than it is about Tanahashi. Tanahashi winning the title, that's great. Somebody that's on the way up is going to hopefully take it from Tanahashi and, and do you know bigger and better things with it. But to me, it's more about ZSJ. You know, it's time for him to be in the main event scene you know, on a regular fucking basis. He's heating up. Versus, you know, he did great with the, the the world TV title. Did great with it. Like Zach said, had it for a year. But now it's just time for him to be one of the guys I'd that are. I'd love for him to win the G1, man. I would love for him to win the G1. So, somewhere he and Naito are going to cross paths because, you know, he broke Naito in the, uh, the G1 was like two or three years ago. So, I mean, that's going to have to come up. So, ZSJ losing, not the end of the world, because hopefully it sets him up for a world title, you know, at least title match, if not, a, you know, a world title run. No, somewhere. and the way that he lost, it was like they were, it was just reversal after reversal, reversal after reversal, and he finally got him. Yeah, so, I mean, know? that that shit's just going to happen. No problem with it. Like Zach said, this is probably the and best thing And when he won, both they guys. both looked surprised. Yeah, it's like. If they were both acting, I was like, "Oh, that's really good." I'm like, "God damn it!" Like, Tanahashi <laughs> couldn't believe they pinned him. Right? I was just, it was, it was a flash, pin and it surprised me. And but it was like, it was a pleasant surprise. It wasn't like I was mad about it because immediately I was like, "Okay, now ZSJ needs to be going after Naito, or if they're this global heavyweight title is going to mean something." Um, you know, the second world title, which it shouldn't be. I was going to say it looks remarkably close to the Intercontinental Championship they used to have, but neither here nor there. Um, you're going to have it go that way, yeah, too. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, I think uh, Zach is going to tie Goto this year, and he's going to win his third New Japan Cup coming up. Uh, and that that's he's always a great tournament wrestler and he said g1 but um i think he'll probably do it even sooner uh, he always has a good showing in the japan Cup. that's totally my early that prediction happening. i could totally see that happening hell yeah i got my tmdk shit for christmas <laughs> yeah i saw that bitch you rocking that tmdk <laughs> shit all over the place i wore it to work today dude come on man you ain't gotta rub the shit in i'm supposed I mean, to be wearing business casual i didn't care <laughs> I walked in there in cargo shorts and my fucking TMDK shirt. Say something about it, punk. Say what's up to the CFO. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> the mighty Donio. <laughs> come, come find me. Come find me at my fucking desk. I'm kidding. I wore khakis and a polo. <laughs> he even parted his fucking hair. I'd say the first story was so much better. Um, all right, then we had a very fun curtain jerker. Uh, we had uh, Catch-22, which is Francisco Akira and The Fiend beat uh, War Dogs, which is Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney. Uh, yeah, TJP came out. And, you ain't shit. Uh, <laughs> he, I got a bust one like, out for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. He had like a raging outfit. And, um, oh, my yeah, God. his mask was pretty cool. But I guess it's like... Uh, I guess it's like a Filipino devil type uh, thing. It was pretty neat. Um, but uh, anyway, they had a super fast-paced match. And um, there was like um, 
Yeah, I, I, I really honestly, I thought I, that I, mask looked better than the fiend mask. Damn. Oh, absolutely. Damn. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Yeah, it was cool. Um, in Akira, he had like his body painted. Uh, I was like, these guys are like dressed to win titles at Wrestle Kingdom. That's exactly, and that's exactly what happened. Um, yep. Really dope match, though. Really great curtain character. Uh, right guys went over, and yeah. Yeah, could watch these guys wrestle all day. They were fucking awesome. It was high energy. Lasted like 12 minutes. It's fucking badass. Um, right team went over, uh, especially when you had the War Dogs win a coffin match leading up to this, and then that's how you have TJP looking like the Fiend. That was a great line, by the way. Um, no, it's fine. I don't. I like the white, uh, new white titles, so that was good. Um, just a good way to end the uh, the Catch-22 War Dogs story for now. Uh, then we have the Rambo, which is kind of like um, Royal Rumble light Japanese version, uh, where the final four go on to New Year's Dash uh, to challenge for the KOPW title because that is a title that is annual and it is stripped uh, at the end of the year every year, which is uh, pretty unique. Um, but the final four, what, what's that? I was going to say, I wish we would have picked these in our predictions because I definitely would have taken Yano, and I know that none of you guys would have. <laughs> yeah, I would have totally, no, totally took it with at least one of the four. Yeah, for sure. Picking Yano's 10 uh, points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely taking Yano for that shit. Fuck it. Damn it. Stone Cold Blood Pipe Lock. Not in a week. <laughs> yeah, Ishimori, uh, Chase Owens, uh, Yano, and Great Khan. Um, are the the final four? No, oh, it's I'm not sorry. Chase Owens, is it? It's it's not Owens. It's Yo. Yeah, it's Yo. Yo, sorry, I'm Chase Owens. No shoes and shit. I'm like, God damn. But uh, my favorite part of this was uh, kind of like the Royal Rumble where you get the, the veterans in there, but uh, Takashi Azuka, um, like he doesn't really fit in. And he retired a few years ago, and he doesn't really fit into like modern like New Japan and stuff. But like he fits into this in perfectly. Um, I love that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that was what it was. Um, and I that did, was Russell Kingdom. I he had a letter grade. I don't know who that guy is, but he popped the crowd, and everybody in the audience seemed to be really enjoying what he was doing. So it was fun for me, too, even though uh, my New Japan fandom doesn't date back. Uh, what are we talking about? The uh, the what What's his name again? Uh, Takashi Azuka. Yeah, I was about to say, I do remember him being part of, he was part of Suzuki Goon, Suzuki Goon when we first started to watch the uh, the pod, the Iron uh, Hand. I remember that because uh, uh, Tamatanga was having a feud with that uh, when Taichi, him and Taichi were having a feud over who was going to have it after Oh Boy retired. So, yeah, I, I remember him. It's just, you know, he wasn't, to me, he was always kind of a mid-card kind of an act where, you know, this was his gimmick, you know. He was an over-the-top, like, monster heel, but then used this iron uh, hand to, uh, to use it for his fuckery to, you know, win matches. So, yeah, I, I totally remember him. So, letter grade for Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, C+. Plus. Damn. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, overall... Look at these again. I'm gonna go with um, a minus. Ooh, uh, yeah. I'm at a round of. Uh, I'm at a. I'm like at a B minus. 
Um, maybe C plus. Like, I wasn't. You know, you're you're watching it for the whole card, but man, you really want that main event to hit. And um, this one, I mean, it it just didn't for me. This this Wrestle Kingdom will be remembered by me as the Danielson Okada two. Wrestle Kingdom. Completely fair. And I will think about, uh, I thought that Shingo and Tamatanga was a shit ton of fun, and I'll yep. probably remember it for a long time. No, it, was, uh, it wasn't, a, for me, the, a lot of the matches we've seen before, um, unfortunately, and the matches that we did see before, minus Shingo and Tamatanga, and obviously Danielson and uh, Okada, it just, you know, they weren't enough to make it feel like this felt like a Wrestle Kingdom. And if you didn't know it was Wrestle Kingdom, there was it, no Kenny Osprey like there was last year. It it wasn't. It didn't feel like a big, a usual Wrestle Kingdom type show. They had all the glitz, the glamour, you know, all the great entrances. You had all that. I just some of the matches, just you know, we've kind of seen it before. All right, that's good. Yeah, I guess I guess rated against other Wrestle Kingdoms. That makes sense. I was just kind of thinking of it as a, as a show, but um, that makes, I mean, I no, get I'm, that. I'm grading it as the show. I mean, it, you know, to me, it was, I wasn't mad for watching Wrestle Kingdom the that way is, I was watching World's End. Yeah, that's fair. And I am grading it against other Wrestle Kingdoms. I'm not grading it against World's End. If I'm grading, I'm grading it against, against World's End. Yeah, if I'm grading against World's End, it was an A-. minus. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, World's, got, World's End was just okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of how I was doing it. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. So, as many of you listeners know, sometimes we can get long-winded and we go through every single segment of every single show, and that's. But on a week like this, I, I would be happy to. But there really is just one. Well, we didn't have SmackDown at all, and uh, NXT. The main event got canceled for non-kayfabe reasons uh, between Dragonoff and Trick Williams, which was. Looked like a pretty fun main event, but um, they made up for it with Grayson Waller. But they were announcing all night that there was a former WWE champion that was going to make his return. I didn't know any of the rumors. I didn't know that Triple H had announced it. I just thought it was some bullshit. And when Jinder Mahal came out, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he got you, motherfucker. I was, Look at you. He got you. He said World Heavyweight Champion listen, was coming back. I'm just going to say this. I was like, okay. And then Jinder Mahal started cutting his promo, and I was like, fuck yes. I was like, Jinder is back, man. I liked his promo. I was into it. Back. Don't hinder Jinder. And uh, <laughs> he could have been any and, other foreign heel man, saying I, that same shit listen, as far because, as I'm Because I had, no idea, I had no idea there were rumors of The Rock or anything like that. When Rock's music hit, I was like, oh, shit. He comes out. He does his, you know, paint by numbers. He's going to run down the heel and, you know, get his – Get his he shit ran in himself down with the Baywatch line. I thought that was good. Uh, when he fi- at the end he drops, he says, "I'm going out to eat." Should I sit at the bar? Should I sit in a booth or should I sit at the head of the table? And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I what? I popped. I mean, my eyebrows raised. I was like, "Oh, oh, we're doing this." <laughs> so, uh, Zach, how did you feel about this? How how did you see it? Uh, I, this, it was spoiled for me. Um, but I did watch, um, the Hulu version and, uh, raw was a breath of fresh air. I don't know if it was a lack of Kevin Dunn. Um, but there was like great wrestling on the show, which I'm sure you'll get to, but, uh, did not expect the rock. 
uh, whenever they came, whenever gender came out, like they had that announcement and I knew the announcement and I was like, shit, that is perfect, man. Cause it's like very meta, like triple H knew like that that was going to get a bad reaction. And, um, I, I thought it was really fun. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I thought, I thought the segment was great, uh, even before the rock came out. And, uh, I also forgot how much of a banger gender Mahal's entrance music is. Yeah. Jinder Mahal's pretty cool, dude. <laughs> like, uh surprisingly uh but um but yeah the segment was really fun um it was kind of long i feel like rock does a lot of the drink it in and take his time because he can like do whatever the hell he wants and so like all of his shit seems like it just runs a little longer than it needs to um he was also pretty blown up for just doing an elbow drop no Uh, fucking doubt man he really was it's like dude you gotta get in the ring shape yeah Exactly, but uh, that was those are my takeaways. Um, obviously, Rock coming back just you know pops the crowd. Um, it's not a knock against gender per se. I thought he did a good job. Boy, if you don't sit your ass back, I'll say you ain't about to jump nobody. Slow down. He did a good job. What Take he said easy. was. Paint by numbers, like you said about The Rock. No different than when The Rock came out, ran down gender, you know, got everybody hyped around him, blah, 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 people's champ. Okay, got it. Obviously, what he said at the end is the biggest deal of it all. So when and where is this going to happen? How does this affect Cody Rhodes? I'll is- tell you when and where it's going to happen. Okay, Mr. Journalist, shit. It's, it's going to happen your money. at WrestleMania. All really? These pe- all these people <laughs> talking about it happening in Perth is like, what are you guys talking about? They are not <laughs> going to bring The Rock back to have him main event uh, Elimination Chamber in Perth. He's going to main event against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in Philadelphia, where the last time they were in the ring together, Roman had just won the Royal Rumble mm. with The Rock's help, and The Rock held his arm up, and the place booed, booed the, the fuck, fuck out, out of him. him. I was like, God damn. <laughs> They're not going to Perth. They're wrestling at WrestleMania. That is, It's a done deal. That's what I'm saying. Are, are, do you guys think it might go another way? No, I figured it was for WrestleMania. I think the logical thing is for um, Rock and Roman to be night one main event, and then Cody gets the winner um, because Rock just walks into a main event. Cody's got to earn it, the Elimination Chamber. Punk's going to win the Rumble, and then he's still not going to main event at WrestleMania because that'd be fucking hilarious. Um, And that's how I would do it. And then Cody finishes the story. Uh, You still get Rock on WrestleMania. Roman can wrestle two nights in a row uh, for the first time in Cody, six years. I'm sorry. I don't think – I I do not think they're going to do that. I think that is just – I think that Cody is not going to finish the story at WrestleMania this year. I think that ship has sailed. They are not going to have Rock and Roman main event night one. That's a night two main event. That is the main event. That's what I think. I think that – I, I I think that Cody's going to get Orton. I think it's going to be Cody Orton at WrestleMania. I think it's going to be Punk and Seth, Punk and Seth, and I think it's Roman and The Rock. And I think that shit is a done deal. 
Um, Man, that's that's not very adrenaline in my soul of you. <laughs> I'm like, damn, Cody is over here getting the strongest of strong boots for Bill. That's wild that's as a, hell. That's not. I'm not saying that's what what I want to happen. I just think if you have the Rock, the fucking Rock, he is going to main event the second night. You are going to try to get people to watch both nights. And you have a better chance. People don't want to see The Rock on Saturday night because they might not tune in on Sunday. They might tune in on Saturday just to see if he shows up or just to see vignettes about him or whatever. I will say the fact that Zach's saying that CM Punk's not going to, uh, in his scenario, CM Punk not main eventing WrestleMania is extremely ironic because it was The Rock that stopped the Summer of Punk title reign, and yep. now it would be The Punk Rock. Was pissed about it. And now it would be The Rock coming back. They should have corny motherfucker Punk win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> or he can, or they, can have, they can have him lose to a returning uh, Gronkowski's buddy. What the fuck's his name? I'm sorry. What, what, what Gronkowski's buddy, the old the wrestler, Mojo Raleigh. Mojo Raleigh. They should have Mojo Raleigh return and win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal by eliminating Punk. You ain't shit. That is fucking funny as fuck. You foul motherfucker. <laughs> God damn. That's what they should um, do, with Punk. Honestly, I think they're. I just. I think they're going to do Rock Roman, but I think ultimately you're going to get Roman Cody at, at WrestleMania. A, I mean, Rock Roman is a massive, without question, massive without match. question. I never even allowed myself to believe that that was going to happen. I mean, that is a huge main event. I'm still not thinking it's. I'm still like I got to see this announcement first before it's the I biggest even start. main event possible on Earth. For WWE, for, yes. For for anything. I'm talking about box office. That is the biggest. That is fucking huge. That's bigger than if Rock came back to fight Austin again. I mean, it's Rock and Roman. It's the current guy versus the biggest fucking movie star in the world, basically. I'm not disagreeing with fucking. that. I just... Okay, so Roman's got to win. It's like Paul Newman so versus gotta, Bob Backlund. Okay, so Roman's got to win, right? <laughs> we're going to have Roman Reigns versus John Wick. <laughs> that wouldn't be as big. <laughs> Jesus Christ Almighty! So Roman's got to win in this scenario, right? Okay. So then what? So now Cody, you know, we're gonna have Cody do what now at this point? I mean, Orton. no. I mean, we're just bing, I'm bing, big, boom. I'm it's talking done. bigger picture now. So if you're gonna you're gonna pass on. Or not Orton, but Cody and Roman for WrestleMania, and Roman wins. He should beat The Rock. Yeah. So then what? So now what do you do with Cody? You've just basically spent a okay, two. You, fig- you figure it out later. You figure it out later. You're going to have the biggest match possible. They're not going to do it just because Cody needs to finish the story. They don't give a fuck about that. It's a business. They do give a fuck about that. Not Otherwise, you wouldn't have put all this effort into it. Not That's when you're why- talking about the dude from Jumanji 2. <laughs> Dude, they're just gonna they're gonna ask for forgiveness, not permission. Not when you're talking about a guy who was in Jungle Cruise. All right? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about a big time fucking star here. All Kevin, right. Kevin Hart's say, best friend. I got to say they, he was in Rampage. They, they, they the, the person that was opposite <laughs> of, of, of Rock at Jungle Cruise since he's that big of a fucking star. 
Okay, I mean, okay, thank you. Thank you. I didn't even hear your question. I was just saying, let's, <laughs> let's, let's revisit I like this. I my voice don't carry it with a microphone. even worse than my let's, head. We'll, we'll revisit this at WrestleMania time and see if we'll I see. didn't just fucking nail it. We, we'll see. We will see. Um, so, uh, as Zach alluded to, there was some good wrestling on this, uh, you know, they called it the day one episode, uh, headlined by McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the belt. Zach, let me ask you this. At any point, did you think Damian Priest was going to successfully cash in on this cash-in attempt? No, he's the boy who cried, I'm going to cash in. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> he ain't lying. Uh, what do you think of the match? Well, the match was great. Uh, I mean, it's just, like, this was, it was a big raw. They made it feel like a big raw. Um, the day one thing, um, that's a cool tradition uh, if you can, you know, continue that. And uh, it's not always going to fall, obviously. But the first one of the year, um, really both promotions, uh, the first big show of the year, the Raw and the Dynamite, were really, really good. And they had really good wrestling on them. So um, that's a trend that I would like to see continued. But Rollins-McIntyre is a show that could main event any show. There's a match you can main event any show. Mm. And uh, I was happy to see it on TV. And, uh, yeah, really good. You said the boy to cry cash in. God damn, you ain't shit. Um, I wasn't. I didn't think it was going to happen, but the fact that they they teased it in the spot that they teased it, I was definitely intrigued of what was going to happen next. Um, I didn't expect to, to see uh, Damian Damian Priest get taken out or whatever, but you know that's just kind of the the. Um, the guy that holds the uh, the briefcase, you know, somebody at least of, at least recent times, especially in the Austin Theory run, every time it felt like he was going to cash in, somebody stopped him. You know, now Damian Priest has fallen into that same uh, booking formula or whatever you want to call it. So, in that, in that sense, I wasn't surprised. I will say that I thought that Drew McIntyre was going to win until he uh, covered Rollins and then the foots w- went into the rope or whatever. I was like, ah, you know, you got me, motherfucker. Smart finish. No, it, it, it totally, especially when Rollins got hit with the briefcase and then the Quaymore, I was like, oh, shit. And man. it wasn't it wasn't Rollins. Rollins didn't put his foot on the rope. Uh, no, it was the way, the way that McIntyre pinned, pinned him. him. So, yeah, at that point, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, think, you man. got me. So, yeah, at that point. I, I knew Seth was going to retain, but the the ride was good, the match was good, and the story being told is still, for me, Seth is retaining while Damian Priest is hovering over, is getting a little long. We need to start to figure that out at some point because WrestleMania is starting to come around the corner, and then at that point we'll have money in the bank in July. So, I mean, before you know it, we'll be talking about another money in the bank winner in like six months. Uh, yeah, and uh, we had Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch. Nia Jax goes over clean at the beginning of this. Uh, strong booking choice. What did you think, Zach? Yeah, I thought it was uh, probably the best Nia Jax match I've seen in a long time. They had a, just a good big person, little person. I would say big guy, little guy, but they're not guys. Um, match, and um, yeah, pretty surprising for her to go over clean, but uh makes sense, you know, as far as the continuation of this and making her out to be a monster and all that. Just you don't see Becky lose clean all that often. Um, she's their biggest female star, one of the biggest stars in the company. So, obviously, they got some plans for Nia Jax. Um, yeah, cool cool way to open the show. Or at least, I don't know if that really opened the show, but um, first match that I saw uh, on the Hulu version. 
Jason, are they building up Nia Jax to lose to Rhea Ripley? Um, Who's Rhea Ripley face at WrestleMania? The winner of the uh, Women's Royal Rumble. Could that be Nia Jax? It could be. Um, I think this is... Becky would be fine. I mean, at this point, Becky is probably on the backside of her career. What more can you do at this point? I mean, hell, she made a vet at WrestleMania. Unprofessional yeah. bullshit. Okay, which one am I getting, motherfucker? <laughs> I mean, you know, shit. They both apply. <laughs> I don't think it's unprofessional bullshit. I ain't stretching. You know, what more can Becky do? Realistically, what more can she do? She did the one she thing. She just ain't that old. But what what else could she do? She made invented a WrestleMania for know. Christ's sake. Main event again? <laughs> you know. Okay, fine. God forbid you want you get one, she gets a second one. That's probably not going to happen. So at that point, for me, and I mean, you know, she's won the Royal Rumble, she's won the NXT Championship, she's won both women's championships. I mean, the tag team championships. You wanted to win that, she's done that shit too. So I mean, you know, at this point, you you got to start moving past the Becky Lynches and Nia Jax makes sense. It was five years in the making. She caught Becky Queen. She won Queen. So, I mean, you know, it makes sense. Um, later on the show, we had uh, Kofi Kingston uh, nearly kill Giovanni Vinci. So, let me ask you this, Jason. Is Kofi Kingston the dirtiest, most reckless wrestler in the WWE today? <laughs> No, Rich Howard apparently has that one uh, recorded. If th- this He's is- cutting promos on it. Yeah, no shit. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? Y'all really leaning into this motherfucker, huh? Um, yes, I broke Biggie's neck. I also have a family. Yeah. Like, okay, those things don't, they don't have anything to do with each other. Right, so I don't even like that. Um, this was just unfortunate. I like Giovanni Vinci, and I like Imperium as a team. To see this happen was definitely a little distressing. I, I was just kind of being funny. I mean, Kobe Kingston's obviously not yeah, dangerous. But, yeah, by no stretch of the imagination. Just, they they cut it off quick, though. Yeah, so at that point, you know, it was just – it was weird to see it happen. And, you know, I haven't heard anything about Giovanni Vinci. I hope he's okay. But, um, you know, this is just – that's the problem with – well, I didn't say the problem with wrestling, the, the flip side of it. You know, we get amazing moments, amazing matches, but these guys can get hurt at any given point. Zach. Did you see Kofi almost kill Giovanni Vinci? No, I wasn't on the Hulu. Because they had to make up, they had to make room for The Rock uh, making the crowd cuss again, like a hundred times in a row. That's his new gimmick. Yeah, his new gimmick is cussing. (laughs) Man, I forgot to tell, I forgot to say this when we were talking about Andrade earlier, and we were talking about Andrade going back to WWE, and I was going to say, well, they already have Judgment Day and New Day. They might as well have Andrade. Oh my god! God Dude. damn! <laughs> Dude, think about think about his time in AEW though. Such a such a wild ride. He he freaking had the whole. He he tried to buy Darby Allen from Sting, um, because he's like he tried to human traffic Darby Allen, you know, like buy a little boy. Yeah, some real sound uh, of freedom shit. Yeah, <laughs> he he did the whole uh, the how you know which was like a total meme. <laughs> like, how you know? And uh, then, it, like, he punched Sammy Guevara, and then he was just done. <laughs> like, that was it. Like, yeah. that was the whole run. Yeah, uh, and then he had a really meme. good Continental Classic. Yeah. What did he do? 
that's going to do it for us. Oh, do you guys want to talk about uh, <laughs> Ivy Nile versus Rhea Ripley or the latest in the R-Truth Judgment Day saga? <laughs> I right. thought Ivy Nile had a pretty good showing against Rhea. That's all I'll really say about it. But uh, she did better than most of Rhea's opponents lately. She's got a good look. She's yeah. like she's like the she's like the woman version of Johnny Gargano or something. Um, her, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Zoe Stark, to a certain degree, um, Shayna Baszler, all reasons at least in my head to have a, a women's mid card title versus having women's tag team championships. That's just me. Oh, sorry. And did you want to say anything about our truth? A your favorite guy. He's a fucking gem. I mean, goddamn, you know, when you have a segment with him and Miz, and he, Miz is like, you know, we're bringing back the undisputed truth or the, the uh, awesome truth. The awesome truth. I I'm totally sorry. forgot that was their name. And I, I immediately popped when he said that shit. I was laughing my ass off, and Truth's like, you know, so I'm just going to go with, you know, basically fuck That's with uh, Judgment Day. I'm just like, dude, Truth is so fucking over the top. It's amazing. That team name is very. Um, Swerving our glory. <laughs> they were better than swerving our glory. At least in my mind, Biz and our truth, you know, had a nice little heel. I was run. thinking the other day how much shit I give Keith Lee for his tag team names, but if you think about it, it's like R- rated RKO, yeah, and Team Hell No, yeah. and Jarrah Show. Yeah. It's like, come on, yeah. it's like they really, they <laughs> really don't saying, put a whole lot of thought to those. Not saying you give a little too much heat to Keith Lee about that tag team name when there's others that came way before that. You know, what's a good name for a tag team is Private Party. That's gonna do it for our three count. <laughs> All right, I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, We can go through last night's Dynamite. Um, So it was headlined by Swerve versus Daniel Garcia. Hangman Page comes in all pissed off, uh, but he's not pissed off at Swerve, but he decides to go after Swerve at the end, which makes sense to me. I mean, Hangman Page should not just come in and forget about the death match that he just had with Swerve Strickland. Like, he should still be pissed off about it. So I was cool with this, and I was very cool with the match. What do you think, Jason? Uh, Obviously, I think you kind of buried the lead on that when uh, Daniel Garcia versus uh, Prince Nana and that a dance-off was definitely one of the highlights of the match itself. Good point. Um, it's not like we didn't know that Swerve wasn't going to go over. It was just how we are going to get there. Hangman Page and Swerve bumping into each other, no problem with that. Hangman was looking for a fight, and then Swerve, like you said, was out in the ring. And we can't let the uh, the Texas Deathmatch uh, results just fade away. So it was a good way to get Hangman back into the mix. Um and you, you can uh, play that off of Swerve and Hangman if, if you want to go forward. I just don't – with Joe being the champion now, I don't want Swerve to face Joe right away because anybody that faces Joe right away is, is probably not going to win the title. So, in my head, this is a good way to keep Swerve and Joe away from each other, at least for the moment. Zach, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean – I thought that they were just kind of done, and that surprised me because it just seems like a weird way to end it. But, um, man, he came out with some fire, and, I mean, that that feud has been money. And, honestly, like, for him to go over for, – for Swerve to go over Hangman Page a third time, which is what I think is going to happen, 
uh, would be an excellent way to catapult him to the main event even further than he already is. And that wouldn't hurt Paige. I mean, Cody went over Seth three times in a row. Seth's world heavyweight champion right now, living his best life. Nobody even thinks about that. I'll I'll just say this. When you said that, my eyes kind of lit up just for the simple fact that I think we're – and I said it already. I think Swerve's already there. You know, I'm not advocating for Adam Page to win that match. If there's a third match, you know, fuck it, let's do the shit. I don't think that Swerve needs to win that match a third time. If he does, great. But I think right now, just that Daniel Garcia match, just watching not not getting the crowd invested. They were they were ready for Swerve to come down as soon as this music hit. And everything about Swerve right now is so fucking money. You don't even ha- if you don't have to do it, I say don't even fuck with it. But if you're going to do it, I wouldn't be surprised if Hangman won. That's just me. I don't think Swerve's even needs to be fucking with Hangman Page at this point, you know. Why do it if you don't have to? But if it happens, I wouldn't be surprised if Hangman won. Trent Beretta defeats Vikingo, uh, Brian Cage, and Brian Keith. Mm-hmm. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trent Beretta is now the number one contender for Eddie Kingston's Triple Crown, which is essentially the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship. Um, this is not what I thought was going to happen for the first challenger for no. what seems to be a pretty prestigious uh, I mean, after that tournament, and right. it's called the Triple Crown. Right. And then they're just going to have a four-way with a really right. random group of right. four dudes. Right. And it's like, well, I guess Vikingo's going to win this? That's what I was kind of like, this maybe? I don't know. I, like, it just didn't, It. I don't know. I, just, I thought this was a pretty weak follow-up to Kingston's win. What do you think, Zach? Uh, Tony really likes Trimperetta. Um I think. Got a funny way of showing it. I think that they are just uh, gonna maybe make Kingston out to be like a fighting champion, like a la Orange Cassidy. I think he's just gonna be defending that title a lot. Uh, it's gonna seem it's gonna be prestigious, but he's just gonna defend defend it a lot on TV. Is kind of my presumption, but we'll see where it goes. But that's kind of what I thought. I don't know. That's a heavyweight championship. Okay, and I guess part of my problem with that is. It just doesn't feel like those those names were uh, big enough names to come after a title like this. They all the big names were in this tournament, and then the follow yeah. up is Trent Beretta. This ain't a knock against Trent Beretta. He just hasn't been built up big enough in AEW to where now I feel like this okay, is, this is when th- you do Miro. This yeah, it feels a little lackluster for all you did. I mean, Miro's on his way up. It's not just some random win like Miro's. He beat Hobbs, and he just beat uh, Andrade. Andrade. So, like, it would make sense for him to win it, or like a Brody King. Um, but if you're going for somebody that wasn't in the tournament, he'd be a perfect guy. Or fucking Aleister Black. I don't know. It just it felt like it was a little, I'll use the word, beneath Eddie Kingston to be tr- facing Trent Beretta after the guys that he just had to go through to get to this No point. doubt. That's just me. Um, we had a fucking banger of a match in this fucking dynamite. Just an absolute fucking banger. And it was Takeshita versus Darby Allen. Woo, god damn. This match was fucking off the chain, bro. Zach, I bet you hated it. No, 
Uh, <laughs> absolutely love it. Said, it no. is funny because um, I thought it was brilliant whenever they did make Takeshi the heel because he's somebody that is like impossible to not just love because of his match quality. So they just put him with like the most hateable person on the planet, which is Don Callis. Um, because man, like if he's with still baby face mode, you'd be like, why is this guy just not, you know, in the world championship picture? Cause he's so good. Um, but uh, yeah, he just pretty much threw Darby around. It was like whenever you're like, you know, first kind of you're a teenager and you got like a younger sibling or a younger cousin and you get your trampoline for the first time and you're like, all right, I'm going to give you a power bomb. And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, no, I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> I was the power bomb. <laughs> it's like yeah. Darby Allen, like invents new ways to just get beat the fuck up. Jesus. Yeah. That rolling uh, German, German suplex, suplex on the ramp. I was like, dude, stop this. Stop this shit immediately. <laughs> you need to stop throwing this little boy around. That's how I felt. It just felt, just yeah. looking at these this two. This was an incredible was match. Just, it was Why wasn't this? This could have been the main event. I it mean, could have been the main event. That I wouldn't have had a problem with that. It Darby just, Allen can fucking main event a dynamite. It, it, to me, this felt like more so of Takeshita's again, once again coming out party, losing to Chris Jericho well, over in about Japan. The time they followed up, losing to Chris Jericho in, in Japan felt like they cool, they cooled him off a little bit, and now it feels like they're trying to heat him back up. Cassidy Takeshita International Championship, make it happen, Captain. Uh, Mariah May. Sorry, I'm going through these kind of quick. Uh, it's cold out here. Mariah May makes her in-ring uh, debut. She beats in about six minutes. Uh, I can't remember the gal's name. It starts with Queen, an Queen uh, Amanata. But that is uh, that's secondary to what happens afterwards, which is Deanna Parazzo, uh, former Ring of Honor Women's Champion, I believe. Yes? Um, I don't think... I wouldn't. I wasn't going to say women's champion. I was not. Uh, not ring of honor, but uh, Impact women's Impact. champion. Impact. Impact. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but she makes her debut, and on her home turf, and got a big baby face reception. What you think about this, Zach? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Deanna, um, but uh, I mean, she got a good pop, and you know, she's all elite now. Um, we'll see. You know, if that's a game changer, if it does anything. Um, but uh, she didn't come off, like, super strong here. I thought Mariah May looked like more of a star mm. than she did, honestly. I can't, can't say I totally disagree with that. Um, I don't think Deanna Perrazzo's uh, strength is on the mic. It's in the ring. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how she'll be booked especially when you don't have a lot of women's segments to begin with, but I'm not going to go down that road just yet. Um, if Mercedes Monet is the next one up, that's um, that's going to be a game changer for Deanna Perrazzo because immediately she'll get pushed kind of at least not to the side, but, you know, you're going to have to make room for Mercedes Monet. So something to be said there. That's something to be said for AEW women's division, Jason. You got to like these developments, right? No, because do you think he, Tony Storm is a good champion? I think Tony Storm is a very good champion. Okay, uh, but it doesn't give me pause to cause to where now we're going to do things differently. I mean, we've seen it's still the same. You know, one woman segment, actually two, if you want to go with Saraya uh, uh, in the back with Ruby Soho. So I mean, yeah, you're getting all this talent, but then what are you going to do with it? So ultimately, 
it made sense for Deanna to come over to AEW. You know, you could do more um, smaller work, indie shows. Okay, fair enough. But how she gets booked, how Mercedes gets booked, I'm going to hold out for that. I'll say this, that Mariah May is easy to watch. Um, yeah, buddy. So uh, we had uh, Swerve, House of Black, Storm, uh, Orange Cassidy versus Dante Martin brings right. out Dan Housen, brings out Hook, brings out Top Flight, then brings out Private Party. They've made their return, so I guess that's the end of Brother Zay. Yeah, because they basically said, you know, the hardest can get some too if they Is want Is that the some. first time that Brother Zay has ever been mentioned on this podcast? Uh, Has his name ever been said on this podcast? I'm going to say no. It's 341 episodes. He's probably come I, up at least once. You think that he's come up? Brother's Day has probably come up at least okay. once. Okay, I guarantee you that's, on Rampage I guarantee you that's the like. first time I've ever said Brother's okay. Day Co- com- completely on the fair. podcast. Completely fair. Uh, Zach, any thoughts about this? Uh, no, I mean, private party is, you know, good team. So, you know. It's about time they do, you know, something with them. Remember whenever they were super green and Young Bucks made them look like a million bucks and they they put them over on early Dynamite and were like, these guys are the future. And that was like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. It's just the same they have to cut off Brother Zay in the middle of this hot singles run. <laughs> <laughs> um Jason, uh, Adam Cole comes out at the beginning and explains himself. What do you think about Adam Cole's uh, explanation? Um, what do you think about uh, Bullet Club Gold coming out at the end? I mean, it makes sense. Then the Acclaim come out. They have a face-off with the guns and uh, Jay White. Um, you know, the first time that Adam Cole actually has a story to tell, and he doesn't say who's ready for story time with Adam Cole. <laughs> baby. Yeah, totally. I was just like, dude, come on. You're, 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 it's the layup of layups. I, I can't believe you didn't say I'm it. I'm like, what? <laughs> just say, come on. We've teed it up for you, you stupid son of a bitch. Um, I like the explanation. It totally makes sense. Um, it's it's heel mentality 101, you know. Oh, yeah. If, if, MJF, if I didn't do this before MJF, he was going to do it to me first. Check. Um, everybody hates MJF in the back. Check. He runs everybody down in the back. Check. So, I mean, it, you see why that he did what he did. Now, from that point, to me, it gets a little lazy. The name, I'm sorry, a little lazy. That's just me. Him saying that Wardlow is going to What are they called? Him. They're called the Undisputed Kingdom? Yeah. Oh, God. Swerving our glory. <laughs> Wardlow coughing up the title whenever Adam Gray, Adam Cole is ready to come back. I'm like, okay, this is MJF and Wardlow all over again, but we just not even going to talk about that. Fair enough. It just the the explanation was good, but then the explanation is good because now it makes sense. The reveal makes is good because all the dominoes fall because it's Adam Cole and all the stuff around it that he's done makes sense. I just don't like the Wardlow part. This doesn't do anything uh, yeah, for him. Yeah, it's not Luchasaurus Christian. What do you think about uh, everything uh, there, Zach? Yeah, so I was fine with Wardlow being a part of the group because he just wants MJF to suffer. Um, but I thought that whenever 
Adam Cole said MJF was, or Wardlow was going to hand him the title. I thought that was a little much. Um, it puts Wardlow, it puts Wardlow in a weird spot. It was very heelish, and it, yeah, but it just seemed a little much. It's kind of like when Tony Khan said he feared for his life when CM Punk punched Jungle Boy. <laughs> you don't know. You went there. <laughs> um, yeah, I was cool with this. I was. Uh, I, I'm, I was a little disappointed to not see Joe on the show, except for the very beginning. That's fine. When Joe comes out. Shit, he uh, said all he needed to say. Yeah, I know. I just want to see the champ. You know? Show me the sh- champ. I want to see champ who's going to fight next. next. I know. I don't Looking even think they know shit. Huh? I don't even think they know. No, they don't know. Who do you think uh, Joe's going to fight in his first title defense, Zach? Putting you on the spot. Oh, for, uh. I mean, the way things go, probably somebody who wins the four-way to open Dynamite next week. <laughs> uh, Jason, who do you think? <laughs> I laugh because it's true. Uh, it's like page. it's like brother brother Zay, uh, the butcher, uh, <laughs> <laughs> commander, and <laughs> Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian. I guess Commander's going to win. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, I skipped past the Christian part. Sorry. Uh, Zach, what do you think about Christian? Oh, my God. I mean, gold as always. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable stuff. Really unbelievable stuff. Jason, did you love this segment? Yes, I told you. He was going to get Shayna Wayne booed, and he did it. He's getting Nick Wayne booed. Did it. He's got Guchasaurus slash Killswitch as a sympathetic figure. This motherfucking Christian is doing the God's work, okay? One man carrying three other people. God bless that boy. Yeah, I mean, he's ha- he's making jokes about having sex with Nick Wayne's mom <laughs> right works. in front of Nick Wayne. Just looking at Nick Wayne saying, What up, turd? <laughs> Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. I, th- I, I thought that Edge and Christian... Uh, that match was really fun. No, it was. They it's just really, the finish. Just it was like, God damn it. They come really, on. They really did it up. This is banned from ringside. Hey, everybody. We got some birthdays this week. Who better than Canyon? Nobody. R.I.P. R.I.P. Would have been 53. Chavo Sr. I know he ain't Canadian. Yeah, I know. That's usually my out. I'm going to just go with Canadian. <laughs> I don't know. He's uh, 74 years old. Happy birthday or RIP. Uh, Darby Allen is 31. Bad luck Fale, the aforementioned. <laughs> Younger than me. That's fucked up. He's 42. <laughs> uh, I thought of the bad luck Fale we got to mention twice. Chris Masters. Two years, three years younger than me. Shut up. 41. God damn. Uh, Todd Grisham is 47. Ruby Riot is 33. Buff Bagwell, 53 years old. Yes. Uh, Grandmaster Sex A, RIP, uh, would have been 52. And Tamina Snuka is 46. Nobody meeting than Tamina. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for my family inside. Check. For Tender Mahal. Check. For Lucha Chris, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, Check. for Patriot Pat. I forgot about your Patriot Pat. Check. Mo. Check. Vice Eastman for Two Beers at Coleman. For Check. Jason Cornelius Bell. Kanichiwa, good to be back. Uh, I am Bill Vagie. Uh, Check. Happy New Year. 
Black Lives Matter. Support your local weed dealers. Support your local restaurants. Hey. Hey. Give your parents a call. Double check. Go Pelicans. (laughs) Go Thunder. And boo the heels. Boo!